This is Infection, the survival podcast recorded live on Tuesday, March 26th, 2019. Episode 200, uh, episode 219, look at that, 1919, here we go. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Infection, the survival podcast. Infection is your source for the latest information on survival video games. My name is Nick Craig. You can find me on Twitter at Nicholas M. Craig. Of course, our website is infectionpodcast.com. You know, Brian, I got real screwed up there with the 1919-19 thing. I mean, that would have been a real, uh, that would have been a real problem. Uh, but you always seem to make it through. Yeah, At least you know, through the intro. Yeah. Set. You know what I didn't say, though? That Infection is your source for the latest information on survival video games. We bring you the latest news, reviews, updates, and more each and every week. I'm all over the place. I don't know what my That's problem fine. is. Hey, it's, it's just one of those shows. Yeah, well, you know, it's fine. You've been sick for seven months, so I think, you know, if it's finally, it's my turn to... Uh... Yeah, <laughs> it's a different kind of sick. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah. didn't feel well. Yeah, I'm just screwed. Anyways, if you want to find me, uh, <laughs> you can find me at Boise Computer on Twitter. Check out my blog, biteoftech.com. And of course, our website, infectionpodcast.com, where if you look uh, on there in the upper right-hand side, we have a join our Discord, which is a link that will get you right to the server. You can use a mobile app to use it. Uh, you can use a web-based app if you don't want to install a program on your computer, or they have a, a really easy-to-use desktop program. Throughout the week there, uh, we have a news channel, so if you want to suggest topics that we want, we could cover during the show, uh, that's the perfect place to do that. We also have our Steam group, which usually works, but uh, we could send out a notification today because Steam likes to do maintenance right now, so I missed my window of opportunity. So maybe you didn't see a notification today, but usually you will. If you'd like that notification, just click join our Steam group. Uh, we have our YouTube channel, our audio-only formats. And also, for every single episode, Nick does a post that has uh, some fancy art that he oh, does yes. for it, as well as <laughs> all the notes with links for videos, different articles that we reference. And uh, and also, we have on there, uh, I mean, just every single episode's worth uh, tons of stuff from the beginning h1z1 days all the way to today how so. many gigabytes is the website take up brian it's like 100 gigabytes worth of data with the, all the audio it's a, and... it's a lot of it's a lot of stuff <laughs> yes yeah, so, so uh you can of course check that out. of course our website is infectionpodcast.com if uh missed any portion of the show or uh we don't get to any of our news which has uh, been a reoccurring theme the past couple of weeks probably will be this week as well um you can Still check out the notes for uh, maybe your favorite game on there. Already, Mr. Aldridge. We'll at least have the notes. We'll yes. have the notes on there. I try to put every single patch notes that have happened through the week. So even if we didn't cover it, uh, it should be listed there. So it's a good place to go check out. All right. What's going on? How you been? What have you been playing this past week? Um, okay. So I have been playing some GTA. No. Oh. The whole role playing thing that people oh. are doing, but kind of continuing the story. Okay of uh just trying to beat the main story because i really enjoyed i mean you, you know that i really enjoyed red dead yeah of course and gta is a very similar story style and i i know that i got to be close to the end of finishing the story so uh just a little bit here and there i've been playing that throughout the week um also but I played a little bit earlier in the week uh, a game called Outlaws that we might talk a little bit about. Well, it's hard to say if we'll talk about it today just because of how much notes we have. Uh, but with Donnie, and I think I mentioned that last week, that game that I'd gotten. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's pretty much it. That's I, I, got a, 
I got shamed by a friend UGX Vibe uh, into playing Apex with one of his buddies earlier this week. Uh, I don't remember when this was. Maybe this was Saturday, I think. He, uh, yeah. he just it just kept inviting. I have Origin open. He just kept inviting me, and eventually, and then he started Discord messaging me, and I was like, all right, fine. So we played uh, Apex for for a little while, and I'll tell you, Brian, it's the same. We've talked about this before. Games like uh, PUBG and H1Z1 King of the Kill, Z1 Battle Royale, whatever the hell they're calling it now, I have no chance in those games. It's yeah. like you, you you're in there and you're dead instantly. Even though I haven't played Touched Apex Legends in at least a month, just haven't haven't played it. Still able to carry my own weight. It, at least attempt to yeah. carry my own weight. I was able to get some kills. I was targeting people. I was hitting them. I was hitting shots. It just, it's, it, it, I don't know why I feel like I'm just getting constantly out. It's because I don't play, obviously, is why I get outplayed in PUBG. But it's not even, it's not even like I'm on the same playing field as these people. Like, I might as well not even have a gun. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of it with the other games, this, they give you some outs. They give you some opportunities to kind of recover in Apex that they don't give you in games like H1Z1 or Z1 Battle Royale now. Uh, and so pretty much when you're down in, in Z1, you're down yep. and you just sit there and either you exit the game or you watch your friends play for the rest of the match. And I think that games like this, they go through and oh, even if you're down, like there's still an opportunity that you'll get back into the game and it probably makes you not worry about it so much. Plus they take more shots to down you, which is a big difference because if you look at H1Z1, I mean, look at how many shots we get two tapped. Yeah, constantly. I mean, that's very easy to do uh, in H1Z1. And somehow, magically, it seems to happen when we're wearing helmets and everything else. You know, we're getting killed with one shot to the head. I just, but I think that might be something else. So. so I played Apex this week, had a good time with it. I unfortunately had to, I had, a, I had to meet somebody for dinner. So I had to pop out after, I don't know, maybe an hour and a half we played. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, I had a good time. And I actually... Um, I was going to jump back into it the other day and just something else came up. But uh, yeah, I, I jumped back into Apex and I, I had a good time. I was still able to hold my own, which is my scale of <laughs> is this game playable for most people? If you, yeah, if, yeah. I'm, if I'm just getting the floor is getting waxed with me, then probably so, not. So one thing that I heard a report that Dr. Disrespect, he, he stopped, he quit playing it, I guess. Mm, okay. And said that, he felt like it was boring compared to games. He said that he found PUBG and games like that more interesting. I, I know the answer. Do you know why? Why is that? I can tell you why. Because in, I feel... I, never mind. I don't have the best information, but I'll just give you my opinion on it. Um, okay. In a game like Apex and Fortnite, even the best players can get killed by an awful player. And it can yeah. happen on a sem- it can happen on a semi regular basis, in games yeah. like PUBG and H one Z one and um, or even ROE to some extent. If you are a, a blackout for sure, if you are a yeah. dominant player like Shroud, Doctor Disrespect, Summit, any of these guys, if you are a dominant player, you just you'll you'll have fifteen or twenty kills a game. Now you can do that in yeah. Apex Legends, don't get me wrong, but me, the plays casually every couple of weekends, has a chance of killing you because of the yeah. how, just just because of how the game plays. It's just it's just a different play style. So yeah, of course it's boring, Brian, when you're not getting seventy kills well, in a hundred man pup in a hundred man 
lobby. And you, and you know how he'll tend to, if someone kills him, he'll rage quit. So I think that he ends up doing that more with this game just because someone will kill him. And usually one thing that I haven't seen in this is people saying, oh, well, you know, that's a stream sniper. There's been less of that where in H1 or where in uh, Fortnite, you know, if a, a streamer gets killed, it's always because of a stream sniper is what they claim. It's like, oh, he could he wouldn't couldn't kill me. The fact they came in here and did these moves and then killed me, he was a stream sniper. And I haven't heard that complaint so far, uh, really done by streamers with Apex. So yeah. maybe it's just because of the way that the game plays and it's more difficult to find people. It's not such an open like people are moving around the map so rapidly like they do in Fortnite. It's just such a different game. And and yeah. well, actually that's not true. It's not that it's such a different game. It plays in such a different ma uh, manner than than the more simulator type games, which I'll call PUBG is more of a simulator type game when Apex yeah. and, and Fortnite are more arcadey. And I mean, I, I mean, I'm, sh I have definitely, I have, I have killed players in Apex that are way higher level than me, just so much uh, better players, higher levels, more yeah. kills, whatever. They're just better players. I just got lucky. But I feel like you can. You think that's going to change over time, or do you think the game has been out long actually enough? Actually, different enough. I mean, the game has been out long enough that I think the, the people have gotten down the oh, shots. Absolutely, and, and I still will get my ass handed to me. Let's not let's let's not let's not miss that fact. But I have. I feel like I have a fair opportunity in a gunfight, and from the little yeah. bit of H one Z when I played a couple weeks ago, and from the PUBG that I played however long ago. I never felt like I was in a fair gunfight. Not not that they were cheating. They were just so much better than me that I didn't have a chance. But in Apex, well, with all the remember. jumping around and the climbing and the grenades and just the different the 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 difference in what guns do with damage and shotguns close yeah. range. I mean, I can rush a building with that wingman, which is the single, sh which is the pistol that shoots the light ammo. And if I get lucky and hit you in the head, I'm probably going to shoot you twice, and you're going to be dead. I just don't yeah. feel like that happens in H1Z1 and PUBG. Well, and I think that the the variation in the weapons is part of what builds that. Where in PUBG, you just got you got certain guns, and it, every player was generally the same by the end of the game. Uh, in this, having the different classes and everything, and you have oh yeah different skills, abilities. Of course. Yeah. I I think that that it, it gives you different ways to get out of combat that PUBG didn't have. And so if you didn't want to die, you could retreat enough. I mean, we found this in H1Z1 too. I mean, when you got into a fight, someone was going to be dead before the end of the fight. There was no getting out <laughs> unless you happen to have ducked behind something very luckily that's close. Uh, pretty much, if you guys are close enough, one of the groups is going to die. And that's just how it worked every single time. And I think with this one, they give you enough ways to get out of combat, to duck out, duck out of the fight to where I think it creates a different game. I, um, yeah, I would say that's, that's pretty accurate, uh, pretty accurate account of, uh, of everything and what's going on in there. Um, before we get any further, I do want to thank a few people for coming in with some, um, Twitch subscriptions. I want to thank our friend, Saul Greatman, Johnny find, and then, uh, Judd who just hit us with the, resubscription here as we started the program so uh he's hit it that's he's been subscribed for 10 months so uh thanks to judd for that and yep. uh Thank and everybody much and everybody else uh, hopefully it'll uh 
uh, hopefully it will fund our trip out to uh, PAX West here coming up in six months or so, so somewhere yeah, around about the, that five, yeah, or six months, five, six months. I think PAX East is next week, I think, or maybe it's this weekend. I think, um, I think they're, yeah, it's like, it's gotta be like right now. Yeah. I'm, I think it's this weekend. It'll be this probably yeah. Thursday, Friday and Saturday. Um, yep. So well, hopefully next week's on uh, next week's program we'll have some um, uh, I don't know what you call it new uh, there's not really news at PAX East and PAX West but you do see um, you may see games we, that we don't might, exist I mean that's what you yeah, might get we, we might see some uh, some video footage of a game that they finally are announcing at at PAX or letting people see it and maybe record some screen from it so hopefully we'll see some new games that haven't quite been announced yet uh and then if we can show those on the show next week yeah if uh and if you know anybody that's going to pax east that would like to do some uh (laughs) do some undercover work for us yeah um let us know or or same thing if you see a game at pax east on twitter next week don't assume we've seen it throw it in our discord news channel um because i'm sure there will be a uh maybe there'll be a darwin project Similar style game that will uh, that will pop up there uh, like it did in yep. 2017. All right, Brian, we've got a lot of news to get into. First of all, uh, our game of the week was what did we play? Oh, we played. Um, what did we play? I'm totally drawing a blank. Oh, we played Conan. We played Conan Exiles. Yeah, we played Conan. Yeah. We almost played. We played for like. I played for a long know. time. I played for almost two hours. Just because you were oh, I, busy gallivanting. I mean, so we played. Yeah, uh, I played for a little bit. Yeah. I got out there and I, I leveled up some and then. And then logged, logged off out. my base. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, pretty much is it. <laughs> so we played some Conan Exiles <laughs> the past week. Um, didn't really have a chance to get to any of the end game stuff. But as yeah. always with Conan Exiles, I feel like I can play it alone and have a decent chance, which is not something that you and, get with. And Ark we have and some mods on there games. to help with that process as well yeah. so people actually can try some of the content so the server's still up so if you want to play uh join our discord server and then in the server's channel there's a description of how to get in there yeah so it's conan exiles they're kind of i don't want to say they're done because that's maybe the, you should buy it if you're looking for if you liked an arc style game when i say it's done it's I mean it's fairly polished. complete i mean it, yeah. it may get some cosmetic things but it's, it's feature feature complete i think is and they've got three or four big dlc packs they've got like an eastern asian pack uh like a medieval rome pack and then a, a jungle pack or something like that they've got if one thing that you really liked about arc was the building then this is probably the next best thing for you if if you maybe don't want the crazy pvp uh that's rust then this would be kind of the next step from arc of something that actually has better looking base building if you're if one of those people who just likes to do massive builds and make really cool looking bases, Conan is really good for that. Yeah. So they've got they've got a lot of different building parts and and variations of each building part with different uh, themes. So you can make some and you can build they've they've made it really flexible to where you can build one guy built on the bottom of a cliff. So it's actually his base is Upside off down. of the bottom of the cliff. I yeah. mean it's crazy. Yeah, they do some really cool stuff in there. So if you're looking for a uh yeah. A game add it to your steam wish list and uh they run sales whenever steam does their their sale they're typically always on sale so you can go ahead and check that out conan exiles um so i was supposed to be out of town last week and my plans changed so i was there for game of the week but i will be out of town this week brian 
So it's uh, yeah. ball is in your court. What uh, what do you want to play? Well, but I might not be. I might not be here. So oh my God. let's let's do a casual game of the week. What let's about Apex? Put, we, yeah, I mean, we can have people play that. I just I don't think I'll be here at home to do it. Well, that's fine. I think uh, so. We're gonna th- we'll throw UGX vibe under the bus. Bob is gonna host Apex Legends on <laughs> Friday <laughs> night. So join him for that. Our game of the week. Um, is uh, everybody hops in uh, our Discord and uh, plays a game, and we'll be doing that. Uh, we'll be doing that Friday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, in our Discord. You can find the links. All the information is on our website. It's infectionpodcast.com. All right, two and a half no, uh, pages worth of show notes, Brian. Uh, rivaling last week's updates. Where uh, where do you want to go? Where shall we start? Well, uh, well, let's kind of start with some of the more general news. Okay, uh, so. One thing that was announced this week is, and I've heard about this coming up, but there's a little more information about this uh, anti-cheat system called Denuvo. All right. And this is by a, a group called Erdetto is launching this. And one thing that they're trying to do is combat cheating for esports. And this is one of the ones that's going to be based, more hardware-based. So a lot of the things that you have seen before up to this point would be more of a software base uh, anti-cheat, uh, things that are trying to detect things happening in processes processes, and things like that. So uh, this one, they're really focusing on esports because uh, one, one thing you'll notice in esports, people will bring in a mouse, which will then load a cheat, and they, they never really know. It's hard. They have to detect it right at that time and try to prevent it at that time rather than get it afterwards. So um, on here... They have something that's going to be working with Intel AMD chipsets. To And one thing that we've talked about in the last couple of weeks was even Microsoft getting a little bit more strict with the, uh, the way that you interact with the operating system to make it to where you have less ability to actually interact with processes. So uh, this prevents cheaters from manipulating and extracting data or code uh, from the process and with that code, I mean, you get things like ESP because you're able to find out where players are, even if they're behind a wall or something. Um, and so a lot of the information gathering type of cheats they're trying to fight because that's the ones you tend to see with people that are that are doing esport type of games is they won't be as blatant to do something like uh, aimbot because that probably would be pretty noticeable, especially in a competition. You think? Yeah. But uh, there was there was one that recently there was a guy who was a was a professional player and he was streaming on Twitch and he had a pair of glasses on and the only way that they knew they looked at they, you could watch his video and he was very good at it to where he wouldn't he wouldn't let you know he he was very smooth about how he did it uh, going to a corner and 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 the way that he would act like he didn't see know any more than than what he did was supposed to know he in his glasses you could see the shapes of the players through the walls off the reflection of his glasses. And so they actually used that video on, on wow. Twitch and then they banned him from the game. So, uh, Would you say so he that's, was a smooth criminal? Yes, he was a very smooth criminal. <laughs> boy, that's and boy. So, I'm going to tell you what. You got to have a pair of cojones to stream yourself cheating. I mean, you talk about just like cheating when you're doing your own thing, but you got to have a real set of balls to stream yourself on Twitch yeah. running a hack i mean that's next yep. like that's next level badassery well and you know he wanted to be one of those cool str- 
school, uh, you know, professionally put put on the gaming glasses. I don't. They weren't even prescription. They were like gaming glasses. Hey there! Yeah. Oh, don't look at the ESP in my screen. <laughs> I mean, what a yeah. It's like a it, dummy. it's like you're you're wearing gaming glasses so that you can be extra cool, and then Gunner you know optics. it's giving away the fact that you're cheating. Which <laughs> I mean, that's you know that's justice served. But huh. I just thought that was kind of funny. Uh, it, you know that that's what took him down. So uh, with this. One thing, doing the hardware level, uh, and here's here I'm going to read their claim because, you know, just like we saw with Google saying, you know, our platform is going to have no cheating, right? Uh, they say on here combined so that the features offered by Intel and AMD combined with machine learning, so they're going to try to use machine learning with a system, uh, buzzword of in-game agnostic process metrics, uh, to ensure no false positives and maximum detection of cheating. So I don't know how they're going to ensure no false positives, but they're claiming that they're going to be able to use this to get it as accurate as possible to where it's not just these mass bans of, oh, this guy, he has this high percentage, let's ban him. Because we, we've seen, I think it was about half a million to 800,000. I think they're approaching a million bans just in Apex, and it's only been out, what, less than two months? Uh, Yeah, probably right about. No, it's a bit, no, yeah, probably about two months. About that time? Yeah. So this one, they're trying to be non-intrusive. Uh, with this so hopefully this will be a step up because that's one thing that's kind of gotten stale over the past year, couple years is anti-cheat i mean they are banning a lot of people but it seems to be the same process of you know these people we found that they were ha they were hacking over this week period of time you know th th it wasn't that they're preventing them from hacking and it's not that okay they came in and with within five minutes they've been blocked from hacking so now um, Judd is saying if it's the same Denuvo that is used for anti-piracy, it will be broken. It it is. It's the same company. Yep. Um. So I'm not sure what the. It'll be interesting to see if they actually. <laughs> we've heard a lot of claims with NIG. This has been used for a while, though, Brian. This has been used. I'm looking back. This has been used starting in 2014 with a whole bunch of uh, Electronic Arts games, including FIFA 15, which was out September 23rd yeah. of 2014. Um. Well, of, but almost all the EA publicly, games are on here. Ubisoft. I don't think it's been publicly released. So this one's going now. This is like it's public release. It's now going to be used in esports. Gotcha. Capcom. Yeah. So this has been used. Let's see. Most uh, that new Conan game, Conan the Unconquered, that we've talked about. That's mm -hmm. apparently going to be using this as this as their anti cheat. But it's funny because next to all of them, the games it says cracked. And almost all of them say yes, <laughs> <laughs> except for yeah. Star Wars Battlefront, which came out in 2015, and a couple of other well, ones. Interesting. So this is the NIG. That might be the DRM type of technology. Oh, you're right. I'm that probably is the DRM technology. Um, so one thing on <laughs> this, they're saying that unlike other the other NIGs, this one operates on the binary level mm. and not the source code level. And so it actually integrates directly into the product build process. So when they're building the... the uh, the actual release of the game from source code gotcha. it's integrating at that point uh so it it also says it does not interfere with debuggers instrumentation tools or profilers and does not require any kind of api or sdk so this will be it says less tools for engineers to be able to integrate this into their systems so we'll see i mean these are a lot of promises but hopefully it actually delivers because NIGHT is something that definitely needs to be moved up up to something new beyond what they've been doing today because obviously it's not working. Uh, tourist bus simulator was in fact cracked. So just keep your eyes out if you see that one floating around the internet. It's not free to play. 
so, so, so be, be aware of that. Um, all right. Well, that's good news on the um, that's good news on the anti cheat. And you mentioned esports. I will. Um, I, I just want to mention. I thought it was of note. Uh, Overwatch. There. I'm kind of a media nerd. Uh, for people that don't know, I'm. Uh, I work in broadcast radio in the United States. But this weekend was the first final round. They do four Overwatch esports. The Overwatch League does. I think they do four periods. I think is what they call them of esports play. And the final of the first period was this weekend. And those final matches were actually on the ABC uh, network. So for people that don't yeah. understand how that works, every every market in the United States TV market has got an ABC, an NBC, and a CBS and Fox affiliate most of the time. So across yeah. every ABC station in the United States, as well as online on Twitch, the Overwatch League was on for, it was, I think it was 3 to 6 p.m. It was a three-hour block of the finals, um, which, is you know, we've seen it before. It's been on like ESPN2, which is a cable channel. But this was, I mean, I've got a little antenna here on my TV to watch some sports over the air, and I... Flipped on my TV and there you go. Watching Overwatch uh, on on network television or not network television, broadcast television. So that's uh, that's super cool. Um, now, one thing also, um, I have a, a note I put in here. They're actually building. I think this is the first official esports arena here. That's a a dedicated esports arena. Where are they build? Uh, it's going. It's going into South Philly, and so um, this is going to be a fifty million dollar. Wow arena that they're doing that's dedicated purely to esports they've got one of these in vegas at the luxor hotel i stayed there last year for the national association of broadcasters show and they've got the esports arena in uh at the luxor in vegas which is which was very cool venue they had it laid now out. is it i mean is it a dedicated arena for yeah it's it? called the esports arena yeah yeah okay well here but, but this the, is its own separate thing this is just inside the luxor hotel I mean, not oh, okay. that I think this is saying it's his first like standalone arena that's being built, kind of like a hockey rink or yeah, yeah. a football stadium. Uh, this is going to be just for that. Which hey. you got to think this has some special needs for uh, aside from what maybe baseball and uh, whatever, if you want to consider this a sport, which people are starting to do, right? Mm -hmm. uh, this has something different where they need just a huge amount of bandwidth generally, and they have special power needs and setups to where uh, it's. Usually, when they're trying to set up some sort of an esport event in a regular arena, then they have to figure out, well, how are we going to get internet, the internet that we need into this facility? Well, it's not even that as much as it is the live video aspect of it. You need to have every mm -hmm. computer, all the stuff they're going to stream, and every computer needs to be sent back as an input to a video router to be switched to be put on the air. There's there's a whole lot of video complexity to to this the show. Um, that, well, in this, they, they could just set up. I mean, they can set it up to where here's where they sit. That's what know, they've and, got and at that that e connections everywhere. Well, in that esports arena in in Vegas, from when I saw it, it was set up as I think you rent the space. You're renting all the video equipment, all the computers. You're renting the whole thing. You just bring in essentially maybe your Twitch API key and your yeah. graphics, your assets, and throw them into the video system. And bada bing, you're on the air. Um, so this that's cool. I, I mean. It is definitely clear with with games like Fortnite and this Overwatch League is huge. I mean, they've the fact that they've signed a deal with Disney, which owns ABC and ESPN, to televise these games on these matches on national television on Saturday and Sunday afternoon from three to six p.m. 
is is huge. I mean, that's when football is on in the United States, you know, during the football season. 3 to yeah. 6 p.m. is football time on a Sunday. And to see that yeah. on ne- network television is super freaking cool. Well, and I think the one thing is the, the, the capability of having such a more fast-paced game than, I mean, baseball, for instance. Hey, hey. On this. Thursday's opening <laughs> day, by the way. Don't hate on baseball. Yeah. <laughs> but I would say baseball is something that, is a more slow paced game. This they, it was good for television because there's a lot of stuff going on on the screen. They can flip back and forth. There's no downtime. Uh, they can, they can between matches, they can take breaks for advertisers and all stuff. It's very predictable. They can set specific uh, match lengths. And so it's a very good thing to be able to stream over TV because they can match the schedules, have a lot of action on the screen. Uh, I think they're treating it to where they can profile the players and just, do all the stuff that they do. I think this will be good to where you'll start seeing it, as you said, more on TV and it will become that mainstream sport that people right now, I think most people don't appreciate it as. I it's th- actually very hard to be a professional professional in esports. I um I sent it I sent it to my I sent I asked my father. I said, "Put on ABC and watch this for a little while. Let me know what you think." And he said he, his response to me was um this show is crazy. He said it's super fast-paced, and they've taken no commercials so far. This is a guy that watches yeah. a lot of sports. I was curious on that aspect. And it was quick. Two-minute commercial breaks between rounds, right back into the action, very quick. They play a bunch of matches. It's a be- They play four yeah. full matches, and if you've played Overwatch Well, and they before, can get sponsorships and everything to where they don't even really need to do commercial well, they did. breaks. I mean, when the teams yeah. were coming out, so like... They'd say, oh, and now coming out, the San Francisco Outlaws, I think was the name of that team. So they show the team walking out of the tunnel and they flash like a Sennheiser logo across the screen real quick. And it's up for 15 seconds. So they've got it yep. down. Um, and well, these two, these guys aren't wanting a however many million dollar salary per. Well, I mean, there is a lot of. Dra- I don't know if you've been following the Overwatch League as, as closely as, as I have. There's a lot of drama within that league. These players are making a good yep. amount of money. There's the people are hopping teams. They're selling. They're trading players to build now they're going to start teams. setting up all these rules and their they commissions oh they've oh yeah so. no you're right that'll be the that'll be the end of it is when like a state like new york or las vegas sets up has their gambling commission sports yep. commissions sanction the event then then it's all over with yep. <laughs> um but it was and then interesting there'll be drugging see. you know we'll have like big scandals for for drugging and people taking ritalin and everything we should do that else. for podcasts it'll be, it'll be too fun. the podcast we should we should do that the podcast license fee <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, that's yeah. I just want to mention that that was related to esports. Uh, another topic that's been coming up a lot, and we actually talked about this with some other things last week, but more and more uh, cloud streaming services that have been yes. coming up. And so Microsoft they announced their cloud service called X Cloud. Uh, Real original name. Yes. Uh, so. In here, they're saying it's energizing times. Microsoft's going to go big uh, at E3 in response to the Google Stadia. And so because Google announced Stadia, which is their cloud streaming service, and now Microsoft, they demoed something that has pretty much connected to an X, your phone on a mount for an Xbox controller. Uh, and then you're pretty much playing a game through your phone that is a, a Microsoft. Now, Microsoft, one thing that they do have going for them is they have the whole Xbox library, they have the PC library, they have their store that already exists, which has some exclusive titles. And so they're 
not probably not having to work quite as hard as uh, Google will be to be able to get names yeah. and, and titles on there. Well, they've got the relationships with those developers. I mean, anybody that's released a yep. game on Microsoft's got relationships with anybody that's ever published a game on on the Xbox platform, at least some type of relationship. So you're right. It makes that, yep. you know, initial contact break the ice. I'll call it a little bit easier when it's, hey. I mean, you know, we've pushed through have, your games in the past. You know, maybe you weren't fully yep. up on certification Ubisoft with this last game. But, hey, you know, we'd really want you on this cloud platform. And, yeah, yep. it makes sense for Microsoft to do this. But I think, I mean, there's kind of a balance to that. Because Google, one thing they do have is the ability to cater to streamers. I mean, if they go big and offer some sort of, of incentive to streamers, to YouTube just like live, we've been yeah. seeing on Twitch, where... You know, all these streamers are getting offered a bunch of money to stream games. Well, you want to know who's not getting a cut of that money is Twitch. So people are using Twitch's platform to make a bunch of money. Uh, and there's nothing that they actually have to other than the subscriptions and things that are happening on the side with with uh, with Twitch and streamers. There's huge amounts of money being exchanged that Twitch doesn't have access to. Uh, Google, on the other hand, can turn around and say, you know what? Uh, we will give you an incentive program and they can offer tiers to it. And, you know, based on your level of influence, they could actually probably get some companies be the middleman for those companies to be able to get them large, get streamers a large amount of money and, you know, guarantee front page access, which they claim they don't do, but yeah, whatever, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, and we don't do a podcast. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, and so I think that, I think both of them have strengths. I think both of them have things that they're going to have to work through. Because uh, Microsoft is going to have, I mean, they don't have a good streaming platform. Uh, that, they do have Mixer. In terms of technically, technically it's a good streaming platform, but nobody uses it. I mean, it's a good it. platform, but people aren't really using it. Hey, PH so, uh, streams exclusively to Mixer. He gets yeah, all the viewers yeah. over there. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's that's the thing is, is this going to make it to where Microsoft has an opportunity actually to build up that service? Or is it going to be that Google's going to turn around and dominate it because they have the ability to have direct access to you know to streamers and people, and so that that'll be interesting fight to kind of see. But this is going to be an, another thing we've been talking about exclusives and all this. Uh, you know, I think that we will start to see less of of the Steam versus um, Epic versus you know Battle.net exclusives. I think this is going to be this the the game streaming exclusives that we're going to start seeing where you have to subscribe just like you do on netflix we don't seem to complain too much on netflix when they do it i mean there's lots of movies and shows well, that oh, are okay hold on exclusive so, to netflix oh, you're right I, you're right we got a lot of news i don't want to get into that but they do produce okay. a lot of their own content i do want to say like stranger things they're they're doing it like so there's a and if, they do have the exclusive rights to certain shows i understand that but a, the big thing with hbo and netflix is their as you would call them ips on uh, or, or first party developers on the gaming side, it's their own content. I mean, they're making. Okay, but but one thing, if you look at what Amazon is starting to try to do, is that exact thing. Yeah. Amazon's trying to do that with you know bringing Smedley in. They are producing the games and they want to publish publish them that way. That's I think a smart we're way to start do it. seeing to where they're actually partnering with these developers and they're being released under just like Netflix does. They're getting really good uh, directors and things like that, writers. And they're creating these. I, we may see to where Google is releasing this title, just like Amazon's trying to do, or Microsoft is releasing this title, and to where the developer becomes less of the focus where they are right now. Right now, the developers are the focus of every single release. Yeah. 
uh, you know, this may turn to where this is an Apple game. You know, we're just like it's a Netflix show. This is an Apple game. This is a Microsoft game. This is, you know, a Google game to where they're financing pretty much the whole thing to have developers. Now, one thing Apple actually released something or announced something <clears throat> here this past week, very similar. They did yesterday. At and they're, okay. they have the Apple Arcade and Apple Arcade. One thing that I saw differently, actually, there's a video. There's talking on the video. I don't know if you want to play that video. Uh, and that that probably help describe it uh, a little bit, but this oh. this is a this is a video of that that they did for the announcement of Apple Arcade. All right, give me a second here. <clears throat> I'm caught off guard because you know why would we do prep for the show? Uh, all right, this <laughs> is uh, Apple Arcade. It's an extraordinary time to be writing games. Beyond a Steel Sky is super ambitious in that it's taking a full, high-quality console game directly to mobile. We're working with the legendary comic book artist, Dave Gibbons, who co-created and drew Watchmen. The story, character modeling, graphics, the audio, all of those come together to create a gameplay experience that's completely immersive. Where Cards Fall tells a very personal coming-of-age story that other publishers wouldn't take a chance on. We're not shying away from uncomfortable, formative experiences. We see the characters at school, we see them at the homecoming dance, we see them have a fight with their mom. It's really important for us to be authentic. There's no guns, there's no killing, we're just telling a story. We're almost the complete opposite of the current market, and most people typically wouldn't see it unless Apple Arcade existed. ファンタジアンはこれまではは作れなかったゲームですすごいすごいすごいすごいすごいすごいすごいすごいすごいすごいすごいすごいすごいすごいすごいすごいすごいすごいすごいすごいすごいすごいすごいすごいすごいすごい
jumping into the gaming market. But um, obviously, they have a huge install base. The most, I think they've got the ownership on smartphone share still. They may not anymore. Nevertheless, they've got a whole bunch of smartphones in the wild um, yep. that people are using. So I think it's going to be more of curated. I mean, one <clears> thing, I actually, I was one of the original funders of Overland uh, years ago. And when they did their first, I think, 100 that they sold, I was in that 100. And they've never done, this is the first, and this is going to be a subscription service, but they never wanted to sell over a regular store. Oh, okay. uh, so they were releasing, they were releasing it on more of the not quite open source, but you know, those kind of off brand platforms. Yeah. Like GOG and stuff like that. Yeah. It was one like DRM that. free. Like to, DRM free is what you're talking about. There's something that IO is what is whatever this one was. Okay. It was some really, and I think is because they switched to this other one. Like I, I talked to her at PAX and I was, I was like, I don't even know where your game is anymore. I mean, I, I own it, but I don't, I have no, and so she told me where to go and I was actually able to download an update. But with this, the style of the game and it matches more of a tablet style play because it's kind of that move, you know, block overhead view where you can move to different squares. I, I think this is going to be more of that art scene. If you look at the focus of most of those games, it was art style. Uh, it was not, there was not first person shooters. There was not a bunch of action. It was things that would easily play over a tablet. Uh, that had more of kind of an artistic feel to them. So I don't think you're going to see a lot of the rough indie games on there. I think these are going to be highly curated. And I think the same thing, one thing that we've seen a lot with Epic Store is they are curating games. They're not just taking, like Steam takes whoever. I mean, we've seen some of the junk through Steam. Uh, and I think that some of these other markets are saying here's games that we found that we think will be successful or we'll th we think that will be popular and they're choosing what they host on there it's not just a sign up and you're going to be accepted yeah uh, well uh, and that's how it should be i mean i think we've run into steam uh, ph and i actually were uh having a conversation over last week there's a there's this guy on steam a company on steam that releases games all the games are like two dollars and 25 cents and this is something dot something underscore ru is the username, and they've got and they're selling a game pack that's like seventy dollars. That's hundreds of games, and that's that's the whole that's the whole thing. It, yeah. And we were talking about it. You have to pay a hundred dollars per game to get a game listed on Steam. Is there is I mean if you look up there are there are games that just exist that. Yep. Like have no installs and no purchases yet they exist on the platform and again you do have to pay it's like a hundred bucks to yeah. to get I actually I actually have I I paid that hundred dollars I think I have it to where I could po post a game on there but it's hundred dollars per game done. from what I understand per submission um uh, I don't I don't remember it's, I don't it's, remember it's, if it, it's not like the it's Apple per publisher program. or whatever I think it's per game I yeah. could be wrong uh if it's per game maybe if it's per publisher maybe that makes sense um but if it's per game then you know that's a little bit of a different story. Um, so I, I think the curation thing is a good thing. There's so much garbage that exists on, on the steam store right now. Games that again are selling for 75 cents permanently on sale. Yep. You know what's going on. Yep. So, um, so that's, I mean, that's the thing we've had now, Google, Microsoft, Apple, and then of course, Walmart's game streaming service. Uh, yep. that, <laughs> It'll be interesting to see where that goes. 
uh, you know, they're going to be selling their gaming laptops. They're trying to get into gaming, but I just, I don't, it'll be interesting to see if they actually, because I've seen in the past, there's been hardware vendors that were trash. And over time, they actually got to where they were respectable. I, I'm not sure if that's something we're actually going to see with this. They do have a good line of uh, desktops and laptops called overpowered that are actually pretty legit. Yeah. Unlike cyber so, power mean, and iBuy power stuff. Right, right now we may look at them and say, yeah, I, I don't see them as a serious contender. But I mean, you never know if Walmart's pe- got the. Big- they have a huge number of people walking through the store. If yep. they can have little cards that say, sit up there and say, "Hey, you know, subscribe to our streaming service," you can do it on almost any device. They may get enough people to where they actually are able to compete. Um, the they've got a larger shipping network than Amazon. I mean, Walmart's a yep. Walmart's a, a massive company. Uh, so yeah, I thought that was interesting that they're t- kind of dipping their toes in that water as well. All right, Brian. Well, and once again, it'll, it'll come down to the titles. If they, but if oh, they yeah. can't get those titles, well, and same thing with them. I mean, they since they, they sell a lot of they sell new releases. I'm sure they have some relationships. I would assume with publishers where they could you know probably use that relationship to benefit them. Um, now one uh, one last thing it, it t- tied to that is sony has actually announced this past week that they are no longer going to be allowing companies like gamestop to sell uh ps4 download codes that's a bad so they're gonna they're gonna be limiting them to what hardware versions of the game they're not allowed to sell any kind of a digital version of a game anymore so bad idea i mean this is going to be gamestop uh, they're really limited gamestop already financially is not doing well budged (laughs) yeah it's over they, they, they are struggling uh right now and so this is something that was actually leaked but starting april 1st which i mean it's good that's leaked now because you see all kinds of crazy news on april 1st and people probably think it's a joke but i'm assuming this is this is real and that it's not some fake memo that's put out there that was supposed to go out on april 1st but uh they're gonna make it to where this would be a bad april fool's joke like hey we're gonna steal we're gonna make your company sink even quicker go out of business this is hilarious (laughs) yeah very funny so yeah, so they're no longer going to be allowing uh, those those places to sell codes. They'll only be able to sell disc versions of games. Gotcha. Which is a big problem when you look at DLCs and oh, things yeah. like that. Well, I mean, uh, so they say interesting. PS4 download codes, are they also going to stop selling um, the PlayStation Point codes or like you know, those things like the Microsoft points? Are they, I wonder if they're going to stop selling that because those are digital. Those are digital codes, right? A PlayStation Plus membership. That's a digital code. Yeah, and so uh, that's that's one thing is it'll be interesting to see because this should be ha- happening. I mean, it'll be happening next week. If they stop and selling so PlayStation Plus and the PlayStation currency cards, their their GameStop is screwed. Yeah, because I mean that's like a big upsell. There, it's like you come in to buy a game and you're like, ah, oh, Jesus, my PlayStation Plus subscription is out. You know, need to let me buy the card while I'm here. So now, uh, so they are saying that. Season passes will still be available okay. and virtual currency. So they okay, so it they sounds will. like they'll allow them to do certain things. Gotcha. Uh, but but you won't be able to buy the actual game on there. So okay. Well, I guess interesting move by Sony. It'll be interesting to see if uh, Nintendo and Microsoft follow suit. I doubt they will, but Nintendo's been very weird. Remember the crossplay thing? Uh, or excuse yeah. me, Sony's been very weird. They're weird with crossplay. They're just a very odd company, and uh, nobody really knows why. All right, Brian. Um, well, we're about for about 50 minutes into the program here and um we've got some 
some survival gaming news as as we've spent the first half of almost these there's just been so much outside of survival game news that affects the industry that we've been covering some of that stuff i was sent yep. a link this week to a discord uh server by uh shocks who um is a member of our community a private message that came to me saturday night and the uh, name of the Discord group is H1Z1 Just Survive Fan Remake. Of course, uh, <laughs> being our deep roots to H1Z1, the original H1Z1, the zombie survival version, piqued my interest. So I jumped in here and started chatting with Chris, who is the uh, the mastermind behind this project. And it's exactly what um, it's exactly what it sounds like, Brian. There is. Uh, there's one person right now, but um, obviously there could be a larger team going forward. There's a Chris who's developing this is trying to remake H1Z1 Just Survive. Um, he's got the game downloaded. He's stripping the assets and the models and everything from Forge Light 2 into Unity. Mm-hmm. He's exporting the Unity, I think they're called objects, into yep, OBJ files. OBJ files into Unreal. And his end goal is to build, rebuild, and remake the original H1Z1, the zombie version of H1Z1, into Unreal. And and make it so it's a playable game. Now, of course, there are huge legal concerns with this, as uh Joshua is pointing out. He, um, he, he, you can't publish, uh, you can't just take somebody's assets, put them in a different engine and then publish a game. Um, so the Chris is talking with, uh, some of the members over at, uh, I believe it would be Nat G who owns the actual daybreak. I don't believe owns the rights to just survive anymore. That would be Nat G that owns them. Mm, and I think that they own the rights, but I think they're licensing them. Okay. to nanji so that's that's the big that's the big controversy right now is we've heard this excuse from nat g saying oh we we can't give give you uh just survive right now because we're in negotiations we're in talks with daybreak about it um, okay. daybreak still owns the rights to it and supposedly nat g and maybe they're not maybe they're just doing that to appease the <laughs> the people out there but they're claiming that they that they can't legally just release just just give you just survive yes so obviously there's some huge illegal issues with this project and uh chris who is the 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 gentleman that's doing this whole thing has 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 reached out to daybreak to try to get rights to publish this um and i mean he's fully aware of this and he's answered the question multiple times he's not releasing or doing any giving anything away until he hears back from daybreak. So as of right now, it's just kind of a concept, but more what I wanted to talk about, Brian is, is this something that daybreak do you think would even be whoever the hell owns the rights to the game? Is this something that you think daybreak would even be interested in doing or do they, I mean, or do they have a thought of maybe redoing something themselves? Uh, I don't think that they're going to redo anything. I don't think they're going to, the thing is they're owned by investors now. And so investors don't really care about what the community thinks. I mean, unless it affects their bottom line. So if they could come up with some way to profit from this, then sure. Uh, I 
with this, I know that they have the ability to do this, right? But the thing is, is they don't want to put the funds in to make actually make this happen. When if they would have been do, start. When you say do this, you mean remake the game in Unreal? Yes. I mean, I said this how many years ago now? Yeah, I know. You're right. Four years ago. Uh, I know. Broken I know. record. I said. I, I know. I know. I know. I know. I, know, <laughs> I kept saying, just, <laughs> just remake the game in Unreal. Um, and so he's showing it's not that hard of a process. I mean, they're already making, they already made this world was made in uh, a program called World Machine. World Machine is what they used to generate the corrosion, the mountains, uh, to pretty much draw it and shape the world as it is right now. And so they could easily export, take that export that they made from World Machine and instantly bring that into Unreal. That would give them all the landscape that they currently have. I'm sure they did some hand sculpting after that, but it would have given the original. Uh, then they could turn around and uh, as he's done, you know, he's gone through and I assume put splines for all the roads. Uh, and, you know, I'm sure that there's some manual work that he's had to do, you know, to get it to, to look identical. But all of these buildings are done. He, I mean, he what he's done is he's gone into uh, Unity, which has a tool, a plugin uh, to interface with Forge Lite for making. Um, what's the uh, what's side? their other planet it's for making mods to planet side and maps to planet side uh and so you can turn around and just export those because they once they're in unity you can export them uh either as an obj file or I don't, maybe you i don't use unity but uh or an fbx file and that will go directly obj files will even go directly into unreal and then you have the asset as it was intended to be and you can see here i mean the buildings look identical all these things were made not with Forge Light in mind. I mean, they made them in a normal way, and then they imported them into Forge Light to to do these. So they have all the assets already. They have all the things. He's having to go through a lot more work to make it look the same than they would have had to. They could have done this at any point. Uh, I just they don't they never wanted to. They wanted to use their own engine. A lot of those developers probably never worked in Unreal. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, they've been working on Forge Light for what twenty years now, almost. Some yeah, of them probably some, twenty years. Like uh, so uh, honestly, I think they could have done this at any time, and we'd be probably having a very different conversation if they would have done this two years ago. Said, "Hey, we're releasing," because no one cares about the the way that you run around. If they got it close, I mean, we see what they're doing with PS uh, the preseason three. I always have to hesitate with PS3 because I don't want people to think I'm saying a video, you know, console. But with with preseason three, people are like, we want it to feel identical. I people want it to feel close. They would be happy if it had. The, but the thing is, they I think with just survived. They want it to look better. <laughs> they want it to feel better. Uh, they, they're not wanting the exact same. But one thing that they did like is the atmosphere and just the general feel of the game. That's what people miss. That I don't think another game is replicated yet. Yeah, well, so, so so that was part of this thing here. Now let's let's be frank about this because this is how this is how things work legally. They are not going to just give anybody the rights to this game. It wouldn't make any sense. They've put all the time and the money into it, and they've got a, they've got another brand, Z One Battle Royale, that is closely associated. So the likelihood of them just giving rights to this, I would think, are low. I could be proven wrong. But from that, I mean, they, they'd be looking at how are we going to make money off of this? Yeah, because that's the goal. I mean, they're not just going to give up the rights. They would be, they've put all the time and the effort into it. And 
I understand that they've got nothing to gain from Just Survive, and that, but but it's their intellectual property. They own it. It is an yep. asset of the company. If the company was to want to sell, or if the group of investors wanted to sell the company, Just Survive would be an asset to that company. Even though, even if they're not doing anything with it, all the intellectual property associated with it is owned by them and isn't therefore worth you know, its value to the company. It's the company's worth. Uh, Just Survive is part of that. Um, I mean, they could say how many. I mean, how many installs do they have on Just Survive? They have. Doesn't tell me user. Uh, they've got between one and two million owners on Steam. Yeah. That's an asset. Oh, excuse me. That's the test server. It's got to be way more than that. Um, let me see if I can't. Yeah, find I don't remember that what they ended up. Quick. Let's see what Steam Spy estimates. They've got between two and five million owners of Just Survive. So that's two to two. You know, two to five million installs that it, it you know that they have that people have in their library so that's worth something to them um so at this point what we've got is uh enthusiasm which there i mean that's you need enthusiasm by by chris and the people he's working with to try to give something back but on the on the it's a double-sided coin brian you've also got the enthusiasm of the community as we're doing the show here live there's about 400 people in this fan remake discord server and now of course yeah. you'd say 400 400 people is that enough to um is that enough to make any you know, make any difference this i mean this well, is kind of many more than that are doing the z1br but this is spread it up I mean, in like a week i mean this is yeah. this, this is a very i'm gonna say a very grassroots thing i was i mean i've seen nothing about this but from uh shocks who i greatly appreciate him sending me this i i mean i've seen it's not i haven't even seen it on any of the h1z1 subreddits so I, Man, I, but but that's the thing is he, he'll want to be very careful i mean from a legal standpoint he will want to be very careful because he is bringing in assets that are not owned by him right uh it legally if you were wanting to do this for real what you would do is remake the assets, make them from scratch, looking like assets from the game. Uh, I think legally that's the only way that you would get around it. But then you'd have to sit there and model the landscape. I mean, because where they'll get you is having an exact copy. Actually, I was at a convention here this past weekend. Oh. And uh, the, the one of the first things I went to was actually a talk by uh, regarding... Uh, legal side of game issues. Oh, really? And what the, generally what they won't get you on is, so they got copyright, they have patents. Uh, you know, there's different aspects that you'll get attacked from. Uh, and so, one thing that he has to worry about is the fact that he is using the actual objects. They get him on. Um, they can get him on copyright uh, with that because that's an actual object made by them and owned by them. Uh, but if you were to remake it in a similar fashion. They can't get you on copyright because it is not the same object, right? It may look identical, but it's not the same object. Uh, then they try to get you on patent, but they're, they're, they're not going to get you on a patent claim because there's nothing groundbreaking enough about H1Z1, even though it, at the time it seemed very unique. Well, it there's was at the time it was enough. unique, but... It, but, but there's nothing now that's groundbreaking enough to where a, a judge is going to say that's something that they own, sold, you know, rights to. And so... I mean, if, if people are really passionate, if people really, really want to have a, a new Just Survive, you're going to have to make one from the ground up uh, with making actual assets, molding, uh, forming your own map, everything. And 
that's a lot of work. Is it worth it? Because if it's not close enough, people, the community is going to be like, ah, this isn't the same and they're going to move on. Well, I want to talk about that because the, the interesting thing I find here is, is not necessarily that people are, not necessarily that this project sprout up. I do find it interesting. What I find more interesting, yeah. Brian, is that people are still, we, we've been doing this show for five years almost, um, or we're, going, we're in our fifth year of doing this show. Mm-hmm. People are still looking for a zombie survival game. A replacement for it. Some, I mean, this game has not been viable since 2016. Would you say that's a good estimation? Probably mid, probably about three years ago from like today. Yeah. Early 2016. The game really hasn't been viable. So, I mean, why? Why has there not been, why has a game not come out to feed this, this, this user base? It appears that the user base is here on this, again, over the last couple of days, almost 400 people in Discord. Is that worth anything? I don't know. I really don't. Yeah. But there are clear, there's clearly some type. We've got a whole bunch of people in our chat from the Discord here um, this evening. And they're all hyped up. And they all want this original H1Z1 back. And if Okay, you- but what, what, what has... What, okay, let's look at... I mean, there's been a number of zombie survival games that have come out since then. Yep. What is so unique about about let's let's call it JS? What's what's so unique about Just Survive that these other other games are not capturing? What are they not getting? Because that, that's one thing I do notice is those games just don't feel the same to me. Because one thing that was different about I'll give my perspective what I think is different about it, which with Just Survive, it wasn't the zombies. The zombies aren't weren't what drove the game. It was something about the player interactions and the players. And I don't know how much of it was actually how you moved around the map and things like that, but there was just something unique about that to me with the player interactions. And I don't know what the exact thing was, whether it was the way that the map was built to where they kind of drove everybody to one place where you had those interactions. There was something about it uh, that I just, I haven't quite be able to put my finger on to that's what it was about just survive that makes made me enjoy it so much i see something in here a chat that that speaks to me it says the simplicity yeah you, you know that is i mean the game was that's what i'm saying there's simple. something there was something about it that it was just, just simple there wasn't you didn't get bogged down with everything well i mean now people are saying they like the base building and ph is pointing out that when the in the, base the building base sucked building. and everybody knew that <laughs> everybody admitted that the base building sucked guys i understand you may have you may retrospectively like the base building but the base building was garbage uh it was not good but the simplicity is something that is interesting i mean there really was like we're for example brian we played conan over the weekend there's a lot of complexity in conan but in H1Z1, I mean, Jesus, you could spend three hours and just like but, but that be done. base building that I that base building that I think that they are talking about is the simplistic base building. They're not talking about the new base building that was the grid system, but they really like was the simple base. Well, that's what it system. is. Just simple. The game there wasn't a million components. You just built the base. You didn't have to build the individual walls and the floors and the roof. I mean, you just built those rooms, right? Those shacks were just prefabs. You had enough resources to build. What were those called? The things that you'd put in storage rooms. What were those called? Those rooms that you'd line your base with. I don't uh, remember what they were called. Storage rooms, shelters. 
There you go. Shelters, yep. So you, it's just a prefab. You weren't building the doorway, the two yep. side walls, the back wall, the, the roof and the floor. It was just enough scrap. Click, you have a shelter. Click, you have yep. the door. Done. So maybe that's what it is. I've never really thought about that. I, the simplicity. That's something I, you know, I hadn't thought. I, we've always been wondering what that was. There it is. Very easy. Yeah. And I think that that's the difference is, first of all, I mean, one thing that was unique about Just Survive was the way that everybody would go to that one town and you'd work your way through the one town. And that was a very unique feeling. You know, you, you would go there and then you'd go back out to your base and kind of do your own thing. And then you'd go back to that one spot. Uh, not very many other games have have really one area where everybody kind of gravitates towards. Talking about Pleasant Valley. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I I think that that was a huge thing that really made people because I mean that's one thing that we if we wanted to go uh, get into PvP what would we do? We'd start go to PvP or Cran Valley. Yeah, PvP or Cranberry. Yeah, and so you had a, a limited number of areas where PvP PvP was almost guaranteed. Uh, and then you also would go in and uh, we, you wouldn't get bogged down of it's like, OK, we're going to go and loot. We're going to get metal. We're going to get and we could do that as a group and it would work. Um, I think they limited enough to where you had to actually work at getting stuff. Unlike if we look at Ark, one thing Ark does is you have to get a million amounts of whatever to make a base yeah you know a million wood a million a million stone a million metal i mean if you're doing a mega base it ends up being that like you didn't have that uh and there weren't a, a ton of different type of objects i mean because look at how many we had there's one shotgun that uh, never had <laughs> that that worked half the time <laughs> I mean, there, there was a limited number of objects even and we just got a bunch of that same object but we didn't you didn't ever catch us complaining about it i think we really did like the simplicity of it yeah. I think that was something that I, I think that anyone who's tried to do something similar has always overcomplicated it. So what we've got right now is again, not a whole lot. Um, and I don't, my intent is not, I mean, I, I, I like the, I love the enthusiasm of the project. I've talked with Chris about that. Um, I'm not, I don't have, um, I don't necessarily I don't necessarily have super high hopes on it again, just because of the legal aspect and a company like a, a big company like Daybreak, um, uh, you know, letting that go. But what I do think is important here, Brian, is that people are looking for some type of simple. And I think you can maybe use the word simple and casual synonymously. Mm -hmm. I think people are looking for a, casual survival game rust is not a casual survival game. by the way we have a rust email we'll get to um but rust is not a casual surviving arc rust is, not is the opposite end i mean if you look at the concepts are similar between rust and h1z1 the concepts are similar but one is one is casual and the other is hardcore yeah if if rust could figure out how to make their game more casual which i don't think they can now i just don't i think i don't think they want to uh, no, but if they could figure out a way to make that game casual, uh, you know, it has similar components to where it could almost be that. Uh, but yeah, we have a good, really good email because Nick asked for an email, uh, email for people to talk about their experiences in Rust. And we got one that I think pretty clearly details what he enjoys about Rust. We'll get to that a little bit later on here in the program. Um, Josh was in here from the uh, Zara team, um, and he's saying that we've had a ton of JS players come to, to Zara, 
And but that's the thing is people there is I guess there isn't Brian. There is not a simple now. You could maybe make the argument that miscreated has got some of those elements, but we have been able to we have been Man, unable to determine why too much grind. Well, no, I, we've just been unable to determine why miscreated. I, I know you say the grind, but the really, I don't really know why the big reason people don't play it. Okay, what? Let's take one experience and just survive. Let's say, in just survive, if you're having a gunfight, someone could die, and they'll say, you know what, I'll be back in just a little bit. <laughs> back you know, after I'm, this. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm running from this town. I'll be there, and I'll be able to be back in the fight to try to help you guys make it through this. Right? Yeah. That was possible in JS. Yeah. You cannot do that and miscreated. Every time you die, you're so far away and it takes you so long that whoever was there is gone. Uh, the gunfights don't last like that. You're not working your way through a town chasing somebody. And, and because, the, I mean, it's pretty much a one or two shot ga uh, game with, with, with uh, miscreated. Oh, yeah. The guns will kill somebody. Even a pistol will kill somebody in one or two shots. And so I think that that is the difference is they could go through and 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 just survive you didn't feel like oh half of our group died all right well we might as well fold up and walk away like it was simple enough to where you could get back get maybe loot a, a pistol or something on the way uh maybe get a helmet and you'd be back in the fight trying to do something or at least make a bow like you could get in the fight and do something pretty quickly when you could not i mean just miscreated that's the one thing that really has brought it down is you cannot do that there's too much of a, a process just to get to the point of where you were or to even get enough gear to make it to where, because they don't have the simple, uh, let's make a quick bow. They, they make everything a process, and I think that that's what's hurt them. Yeah. Um, Josh was mentioning that Miscreated's PvP is clunky. Agree with that. Um, yep. CryEngine is just bad. Uh, there's not, there's, I mean, for the kind of game, there is, a, there is an argument to be made there. Um Here's Without a huge amount of rework, I mean that's one thing. If you look at Mavericks, they're clear on CryEngine. Uh, they are claiming. They're claiming that they're going to do something, right? With that, and we've been seeing that they are doing them. There's multiplayer. They've got that mostly down, but I think that there's going to be a big process for them fighting against CryEngine. CryEngine is just not the most friendly game for large multiplayer environments, but. I think that is changing. I think it is getting better. It'll be interesting to see if they're actually able to pull it off. Miscreated, I didn't think did, I don't think did such a good job of getting multiplayer to work right. So before we move on here, because we do have a lot of other news to get into, I I I I pre I love the enthusiasm. I love everybody's all hyped up over this. I don't now, know. I want to I want to give some quotes that they're saying to really quick. Uh, some yes. of the people with the JS project, they're saying one thing is that it takes one hour to make a base, oh, a good base. That's true. That that that's simple. Uh, you know, it takes 10 minutes to raid a base, right? I mean, we, we had a big group. We could do it in about five <laughs> with enough explosives, yeah. but you could go through and, and let's say, but it, but let's say someone took the time to actually make it to where there are multiple doors, there are multiple layers to it. It would take you 10 minutes at least to work through a base and actually blow down all the doors. Yeah, Nick here, he's got some interesting <laughs> photos of our days. I gotta go through and find, I'm gonna, let's take And the stutter, I mean, the, 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 Everything, oh, okay, an explosion has happened, and the lag and the stutter of everyone finally catching up to where they were able to to move Yes, this, <laughs> after that. This crashed my computer, I'm sure. <laughs> yep. Fortunately, such garbage. Um, but, you, you know, and you could you could get work together. Uh, we were growing corn and things to make explosives, and, I mean, there was just, 
but it was still simple. Like we would have people throughout the week kind of making some stuff. And then on, let's say a Friday night, we'd be like, Hey, let's go. And we're going to go raid all the bases on the server. And we kind of work our way through all the bases, but you know what? It was simple enough for them to rebuild from that, that they didn't quit. Yeah. We're in all these other games. It's so devastating when all your stuff is destroyed. It happened with us in Ark. Oh, happens in happened to us in Miscreated. I know. Uh, <laughs> it would happen to us in Rust. I know it. <laughs> if we ever even got enough to where we had something worth losing. I mean, we did it, but we would lose it much more quickly. Um, that is the difference. Is we've always felt like we could rebuild and get back to that point in a reasonable amount of time, and it wasn't so devastating when everything was destroyed. Yeah. You're right. I'm, I think that's the difference. It's the I think that's the key that if you could get a game that says they let you get back to that point within a day. Cuz it would have taken us months to get that back to that point in arc. Yeah, I mean literally months. That's not an exaggeration. Yep. So I think the what what have we learned here tonight? What have we learned here tonight, Brian? We've learned that there is a group of people that are interested in a game that they don't have to commit their life to. That's the reason I personally have not gotten involved with Rust. From everything I've watched, and again, we'll read this email here in a little while, everything I've read and, and, and watched, and I've played Rust a little bit, but it's the same yeah. thing with Ark and Conan. I loved playing Conan Friday night, but I don't have time to commit to Conan. And I yeah. guess, though I guess you could say the, probably the only thing H1Z1 did well was its lack of commitment, is that you yeah. really could <laughs> be, this it sounds stupid, but you really could be a Monday through Friday, a Monday through Thursday hands-off player and then be on the ball Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and be good to go. Maybe and that's also what the it was. solo players. The solo players were Hermits. able to do something. There were people yeah. that would run around and do their own thing, uh, and they were actually someone to be reckoned with. To where you don't really see that in other games. Like there's a solo person. Oh, don't worry about that. Rust, you actually in can there. do that too. Yeah, Rust. Rust does it. But I mean, that's as you said, a really hardcore game. I, besides Rust, I haven't really seen other games do that well. Now, um, PH is bringing up the fact that they just did an update to the test server client a couple of days ago. No talk whatsoever um, yeah. on what they're doing, but they did an update for to some, the test server. Yeah, for some reason, there's been, like in the past month, I think there's been three separate updates pushed to Steam. Now, whether those are something that are automated, who knows? I don't know why, know why they'd even be touching it at this point. Uh, but for some reason, they've been pushing out these updates. And I don't know if it's them turning on some, some server got turned on somewhere that was an automated build server. I mean, it's hard to say what's happened. Uh, and PH is pointing out, it also says there's 10 people in game right now. It always says Before there's the earlier there was like six and there was eight. I, the servers are down, always, so you can't play. I have always said that's probably some bot somewhere. Someone had some sort of a bot that was doing something that it has the client and all it does is launch it, trying to think it's going to get into a game. That's my guess, but who knows? Maybe there's something bigger going on than that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's just interesting to see that, that there is updates going on to to just survive. I mean, most likely no, there, it's nothing more than maybe them updating copy privacy policy information that they're by law required to update or, or whatever it may be. Um, uh, I mean, it, it could be something that, yeah, it's hard to say. It could be something that Steam does on your, maybe there's some files or something that they update automatically that touch it, touch the date on it and show it as an update. 
Yeah. It's hard to say. It could be almost anything. Exactly. There, there, there really is no way to know. So there is a project going on. There'll be a link in uh, our show notes, uh, infectionpodcast.com, to join the Discord server if you're listening to this after the fact. Um, I will, I've been keeping a close eye on it. Uh, I'll keep in touch with Chris, who's the lead on it. And when we have more information, we'll pass it along to you. But if you're a, if you're a, an old school um, Just Survive player, there, there may be hope after all. Well, so. Or it's at least a place to where you can congregate with people that are interested in that same type of game so that when something does come out, I mean, when, for example, Zira, it has much of the same feeling as far as running around and looting, shooting type of a, a simple game. Um, that's the, you know, once the community finds a game that kind of quenches that thirst mm-hmm. of what they're looking for, uh, at least if people are staying together, they'll be like, hey, I found this game, try it out. Uh, I think that that, that would be one reason even if even if they're because legally that project will probably never be to a point where you will be able to launch that game and run it he may be able to launch it and fly around the map or do whatever he wants to do with it but legally i don't know that he's going to be able to get a point where he can publish something without yeah not that i don't know if they would sue but they probably would oh yeah they would they would they, well they'd have to to continue to own the copyright if they didn't they would they could potentially if you don't enforce your there's copyright. a certain period of, I like guess, three years, if I remember correctly. I'm not sure what it is, but if, if you if you prove that you can't, if you prove that you're not interested in enforcing it, you can, in fact, lose your patent if you have one uh, on it. Yeah. That's been proven time and time again. So, it's an interesting project. Well, you, they can you can no longer pursue them. So, what it, the, actually the, that was brought up this weekend. What it is is, it's I think three years from the time that you should have known about the hmm. infringement. Okay. And so the fact that we've talked about it here on this the show today is public knowledge. Uh, we are the public. So, we mean, are the public record. <laughs> I mean, just legally, if they didn't do anything about, if they knew it about then and they never did anything about it, the court would look at it and say, "Here's it was public knowledge. Here's a place where they should have known about it. That's the date we're basing on, not when they claim to have learned about it." Yeah. So just just for information. Yes. Um, so that's it. That's uh, the Z1 um, Z1 possible update. Uh, po- well, it's not an update, but a possible Just Survive fan remake. As uh, anything changes, we will uh, we will let you know. But uh, yeah, if you're interested, hop into the Discord and uh, hang out with some people. There's a whole bunch of conversation going on there. All right, and also if uh, let's let's go and do the game giveaway really quick. Yeah, absolutely. So that way. We can actually have some time. So I'm going to be giving away a copy of Atlas. Oh, so, my goodness. This is a big one. Yes. So uh, we'll be giving quite. So if you want to do exclamation, exclamation point giveaway in chat, and this is going to be a 60 point raffle. Uh, of course, Atlas currently $30 on Steam. And this is pretty much the follow up to Arc. Uh, and it is a huge open world uh, survival pirates game and so if you don't have a copy of that make sure you enter for it but we'll give that away before the end of the show here yes and if you're if not you, if it says you don't have enough cans um in chat type exclamation point cans you can see how many you have uh it this will be about an hour's worth of listing but if you follow the channel i think that gives you what 10 cans 10 cans yeah so that gives you pretty much 10 minutes worth well, of listening well, time how about this if you listen through the rest of the program you'll probably have enough to get it yeah if, if you can't do it right now um if you can't do it right now, make sure 
that you just hang around a little bit because you'll get one can per minute. So like someone here, just they have 55 cans. Uh, here in five minutes, they should be able to enter the raffle. There you go. All right. Um, and if you're, if you're not here live, well, you're missing out. Uh, you can join us live every Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, right here on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv forward slash infection podcast. All right, Mr. Aldridge, on to the trail. Um, I do want to mention something real quickly. I don't know if this is in the notes. I thought I may have skipped over it. Uh, Funcom just announced a new game. Um, they announced, I don't know if you saw this, they're, un- they, they're unveiling a new game. It's a sci-fi horror game called Moons of Madness. And uh, Funcom, yeah, they just came out today. Um, so it's kind of, it's a, it's takes place on Mars and it's kind of, it's a sci-fi uh, action horror game. Apparently that's not really survival, but I, they Funcom did such a good job with, uh, with, Conan Exiles that it may be of relevance yeah. to some people. So there'll be a link in the show notes. It's infectionpodcast.com. If uh, you want to go and check this out, it is called uh, Moons of Madness. And it's uh, being done by the, it's being published rather by the folks over at Funcom. So check it out. Cool. All right. Very good. Um, so one thing that happened here, I think it was today, but EA, so Electronic Arts, had a decent sized layoff today. Oh, really? Uh, yes, so they la- laid off 4% of their staff, so hmm. it's 350 people. Ouch. And they currently have, I mean, that's of their 9,000-person staff. And so obviously there's some things that are, I mean, shaking up that's happening there. Uh, you know, they've had some titles that haven't done as well, um, just different things that have happened with them. So, well, I mean, you could look at Battlefield, at the new Battlefield Five. I think they had less sales than they anticipated well, on that, that. BR mode just came out this week. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe that will change. They had the new BR that I, I saw. I think Dr. Disrespect was playing it today. Uh, he's back but, playing Apex. <laughs> but now he's, yeah, back playing Apex. So, <laughs> so yeah. So, I mean, this is something that, uh, if this is an indicator of something going on in the company, I don't know. Obviously, maybe they're trimming some fat. I mean, that's one thing is, Every once in a while in the gaming industry, maybe a certain title, they decided not to do a title that they were going to do. I mean, there could be a lot of reasons behind the scenes that maybe a title is not going to be produced anymore that they were going to produce. So they're letting all the people go that were linked to that title, or they may be getting rid of people that are non, not as important. I mean, we've seen that with a number of companies. Sometimes they have to go through and say, hey, we've picked up over time. We've just picked up all these employees that really aren't needed for the company to run. You know, it is, it is good for them business-wise to go through and release those people. Now, you don't usually want to release 4% of your staff in one day, but, you know, I mean, that's why I'm kind of thinking maybe it's a title that they decided they weren't going to pursue anymore because it's just 350 people. I mean, that's probably, for them, that's one of the development teams for maybe a new title. Yeah. So, I don't know. They didn't really give, I mean, for them, they said it was to ad- address our challenges and prepare for the opportunities ahead. That was their official statement. Better deliver on their commitments, <laughs> uh, refine their organization, and meet the needs of our players. I mean, what that's that's a PR statement. Oh my god, I can't. That's not on. even co- comprehensible. <laughs> uh, address our challenges. I, whatever those challenges are, is it budget? Is I mean, whatever their challenges are, but they are uh, they are laying off some of the people. So. Well, that sucks. Yeah. They don't like to hear that. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's something 
that's what a month ago that blizzard laid off 800 people i mean they're doing major restructuring there uh it maybe this is an anticipation of some of the upcoming all these changes to the way that game development is being done i mean look at all these streaming services i mean this could be an anticipation of we may have a harder time keeping relevant because we have our own uh releasing platforms that we're probably not going to be putting our games on google we're not going to be putting them on amazon we're not going to be putting them on apple yeah uh, they may find that they're struggling just like uh the old school video rental places really struggled and even Redbox lost a lot of people when netflix came along uh, maybe this is an anticipation of we got to make sure we're ready because we may have a drop in sales if people are feeling like we've talked about this before spending our money in other areas because people are stretched there's so many games coming out we've covered this i think a lot of people didn't realize it so we had so many games coming out to where people are like well you know i just bought a game for 60 bucks i'm gonna wait i'm not gonna buy i mean you can't buy every single title you go broke yeah i've tried it just yeah, doesn't work. I know. Brian's got his 401k invested in his Steam library, and we just yeah. we're, we're, we'll find out. And and all these streaming things. It, it, people well, say that I I am I am a shill for Epic or whatever, and that I want Steam <laughs> to fail. If anybody has an investment in Steam, this is me, and so I definitely don't want Steam to go under. When Brian retires uh, in five you. years, you know, when he's that old, he'll uh, he'll uh, he'll have to see what his Steam library worth is, and that'll. Uh, That'll be the end. I'll of have it. to sell the whole library at once. <laughs> yeah, cash it out to pay off your mortgage. Hey, uh, Brian, I see that we've got listed in here Mavericks. What's going on with them? We've had we we haven't talked with them in a whole long time in a while, but obviously there's been some some ongoing issues with them. And so PR they they kind of restructured over there as well. I mean, yeah. if you look at, I wasn't really happy with how they were that they oversold uh, whether be- they did this on purpose. But they promised, I think people anticipated something different than what they could deliver. And that's just how, when when you have marketing hyping up something, that's just what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that they found, all right, people are expecting a finished game. And I think that that's something that for a while, uh, people were going through and being totally content with all these part partly finished games. I mean, look at H1Z1 is a perfect example. Very rough. Uh, and then a lot of games after that came out and they were just bare bones version of games. But I think with all these major titles coming out that are highly polished now, when people see a game being released, they expect more than just people running around the world. And I, their first play test that they did was really nothing more than that. I mean, there was one object pretty much in the middle of the world that everybody could run towards. And it was the most basic, none of the stuff that you'd expect to see in a game was there. Yeah, and so I think, I think that people then when when these guys because they're just doing the normal development. The problem is people are being brought into this development, uh, and so people were expecting, okay, this game is going to be ninety percent done, and we're going to play, it and it's going to be the best thing on earth, right? Well, then when people got in there, they realized, oh, this is like ten percent done, and <laughs> like most of the stuff isn't built. And I think these guys, with all their videos and showing supposed gameplay. I think people thought the, the game is much farther along than it really is. Now, I think there's a lot of stuff they're not showing in those play tests, but I think that and th- that feeling that people got when they got in there and then said, hey, this is just a big o- empty open world, I think that for them was very disheartening. And I think it made a lot of people think, hey, this game is a lie and this isn't what we were promised. So what they did is they are now calling that pre-alpha. 
Jesus. So everything up to that point is because remember we have our alphas, our pre-alphas, our betas, and Good all Lord. this stuff changed with H1Z1. Um, and so now that that was pre-alpha, and then they opened up the forge in November, and then in March they're they're releasing what they call the armory. So they've actually broken up each piece into sections now to explain why all this stuff isn't in there because they haven't done it yet. And so the forge was just kind of that initial thing. They can't change the name now. But this next one in March to April, they're going to be doing the armory where they really focus on weapons, uh, you know, grenades, med kits, all the, the, the aspect of the game. That'll be that focus for that period of time. Um, and then in June, they're going to be doing what they call New Horizons, which is going to be the BR aspect of it, of dropping into a game and uh, kind of having more of the PvP aspect of it. Uh, then they'll be doing what they call thrill seekers, which, uh, is going to be more of probably the, the vehicles and that type of combat and the moving around the map. And then they're going to be doing now they don't have a date. So that's coming soon for thrill seekers. So that'll be towards the end of the year, probably. Um, and then at some point after that, they'll be doing the big map. So that'll be what they're calling brave new world. Uh, and then after that, they'll be doing what they call forge hall, which is where everybody kind of comes together and they have all of that kind of MMO type of feel to the game. So that is the alpha stage. And then after that, now, now, now that's, this is pre-alpha. Take the back. But I have no idea what you're Once they do about. that. I've, I've unfortunately had, I'm not zoning you out. I just have no idea what you're saying. So all that stuff is pre-alpha. And then they go into alpha and they haven't announced anything that's in the alpha phase. So this is all the pre-alpha phase. This game is going to build all those. This game is going to be an abysmal failure. I mean, maybe it's I've never going to come out. It, so. Okay. I mean, we'll talk about that for a minute because these guys, first of all, they're on cry engine. I mean, they're going to make up a, a new, struggle. are they going to make up a new term between alpha and beta? I mean, they might, they might, why don't they just make up a new term? I think, well, I think that I think they'll come out, but I think it's going to be the normal two year cycle. I mean, these gear, <laughs> these games take two years to make. Then they're relevant. I mean, if you're quick, it, 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 sometimes the games take more. And so yeah. I think that for them, they're probably on track for the two-year development cycle. Just like, I mean, this is just like uh, Dead Matter. I mean, they went through and said, oh, we think we can release a game in six months. No, you can't. You can't. I promise you, you can't. If you were, a, you, maybe you could, if you were very seasoned developers, maybe you could put together a prototype in six months and you could put it out there and people could see it. But you know what? These are, these are not all people that have been working. It's not a settled development team that's been working together for the last 10 years like some of these major studios have it takes time to do all this stuff and so these guys are gonna it's gonna take them two years to make a game i think they oversold early to get hype and figure out how much people were interested in it yeah Not showed all this stuff look. of look what we can do look at what we will do and then you turn around and people say oh but you haven't done any of that yet no we haven't okay well get back to me when you've gotten about 60 percent of that done and then we'll see you then consider alpha stage so I think they're trying to get that 60%. I think they're trying to get that done now. They realize, oh, we don't have anything done. People want some to see something real. Well, that's going to be this whole pre-alpha stage is actually making the, the bare bones of the game. Yeah. Well. So we'll see. Time will tell. But I just. Uh, okay, here. So someone brought up Chronicles of Lyria. Remember when we talked to them at yeah. PAX? Mm -hmm. that, when's the last time you saw anything about that? Nothing. That's going to be the largest I mean, MMO ever. I mean, we, we talked to him. I mean, he. The thing is, he was selling it. He was like, this is going to be the largest MMO ever. It's going to be, it sounded like the most grind ever. Yeah. I mean, just from, 
from what he was describing. And there is an audience for that. Uh, and so I think that, I think that that is the very similar concept. At least these guys are being open. I mean, Chronicles of Lyria, they post stuff, but no one's playing that game. And it's been, they've received huge amounts of money. It's been huge amounts of time. We, that was PAX two years ago, almost. Yeah, 2017. Yeah, it'll be, yeah, it'll be two years ago. That was PAX two years ago and still nothing about that game. And so I think that's the danger is all that promise can't, they can never then deliver on what they're promising. Some of these companies need just to shut up, get the game done mostly, and then show the game. Well, that's, I think that's, that's the thing. problem. You and I had a brief conversation before the program tonight. Um, and uh, which we, I try to avoid at all costs do. because then we end up doing a show on the phone. So the only people here are the NSA. Um, but, <laughs> but we were chatting, chatting about this this evening and that's what we've got to get back to because this the whole charade of saying we're going to do involved in the development. Well, that's what it is. I mean, I mean, you're, you're, you're I'm not going to, I'm not going to go after this new just survive fan remake, but you can already see it unfolding in there where it's just like the com- certain sections of the community want one thing. Other sections want this thing. And then the developers have got to figure out, well, who do we want to prioritize this for? We listen to group a, then group B, C and D and E and F hate, hate that. But group A is content. Then when we put it in, group A actually doesn't like it. So now we're back yeah. to square one. We remove the feature, and it's just like, well, listening to the community is a terrible Just idea. Survive. I mean, remember what was happening with that that remake of the Just Survive aspect, where there was the MMO, and they were taking something out. They're putting something in, and then like three weeks later, they take it out. Oh yeah, the whole just, base rebuilds itself. System. I mean, that whole yeah. They I mean, had what the no hell were they what thinking? they wanted? No, and they were now, again, the thing is is. They need to figure out, they should have figured out what the game they wanted to make was and shut up about it. Only show people what you've done, not what you're going to do. And that's where these guys, I think, fell into a trap. Show people what you've done because you know what? Sometimes you find out later, oh, we can't quite do that how we thought we could. And then people get pissed because then you're, they feel like you didn't put a feature in there that you promised. Yeah. It's just they, these guys shoot themselves in the foot constantly. Well, and that's kind of my concern. Not, not, that's my concern with any game that is doing this style of oh i'm gonna call it open development when you are opening and here it's a it's a it's a double-edged sword because we want as a consumer at well you and me more as i'm gonna call us we're gonna call us video game journalists because that's the buzzword as video game journalists brian we want the transparency so we can talk about it but then on the flip side they're transparent the community doesn't like the words on a text file so they the, the company changes the direction of the game based on Reddit and Discord comments, and then the game sucks and fails and 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 withers away, and and yep. that just that happens with everything. It happens with every game that's got this open development style. Why didn't we see this with Red Dead Redemption Two? Because it wasn't developed in the open. They shut the hell yep. up about it. They and it's I know it's Rockstar and they've got more money than God. I get it, but they. Did, did it silently almost, almost but look at what they're doing with, with their online version though they are kind of doing that with their online and they people are. are hating it yeah no you're right they, they they, they've screwed up they with should the have online. held back online and made it and released it when it's polished you know what people probably would have liked it and not complained about I, it so much I, I agree with you completely and they're doing the same they are they are uh, they are not saved by it. they're they have the same problem that everybody else does it doesn't matter how much money they've got 
They are yeah. absolutely, they are screwing up their online. And I'm talking about the single player version of the game. No news, no leaks, no nothing but a couple of gameplay trailers beforehand. That was it. And then, well, bam, the game is just out and it's playable. The online, they've done exactly what H1Z1 did. They release features. People bitch and complain about it on the internet. They change the features. The same people bitch and complain about it. And that's it. It's yeah. a never-ending cycle. They're never, they're never happy with it. So it's like you just got to set your free. And now the community may be right about things, certain features, certain elements of the game. But you, I, it's unfortunate that you've just got to pick your poison and stick with it. We're going to do this yeah. and follow it. Don't change it because some jackass on Discord. You create, it creates a hodgepodge <laughs> of a game. That's yes, exactly. Which is exactly what we saw with the rebirth of Just Survive a year and a half ago. But now PH is bringing up that Atlas changed things on the community. They were right. The community was right on some of the aspects of Atlas. Now, it's not been deployed yet, so let's not jump well, too we far. we could have told them day one. The thing is, is we just saw day one, here is flaws in your mechanics. Very clear flaws. That was not, oh, the community wants this. The community just didn't want mechanics that made it impossible to play because that's what it ended up being. It made it very difficult to play that game unless you wanted to fit into. Now, if that's what, this, if that's what they envisioned, then okay. Then that's you can decide whether or not you play that game. But I think that with Arc uh, and that development team, I think they just don't. Over the years, I've learned that I don't think they really care. <laughs> they they want to make a game, and they don't seem to care whether or not it is always 100% playable. I mean, we we saw this same thing in Arc, to where they opened up servers and then Chinese players would swarm the server and destroy their player base it's like well why would you do that they never gave an answer they never undid it well why did they do it who knows i mean it didn't make any sense they're obviously not listening to the players so i mean sometimes it's good if if, if there's a mechanic that's really bad and the community saying you know we don't like this mechanic you as a development team need to sit back and say you know what let's look at why they don't like this i mean that's that's what smart development team would do is they say why do they not like this rather than a knee-jerk reaction let's figure out what's wrong with it okay because it's allowing players to come in and, and grief other players i mean that's what it comes down to okay let's fix that aspect of it if they really want to have it to where you can do it figure out how to prevent people from griefing when they do that and uh, that but that's that that development team has just never thought that way hopefully they've learned their lesson and maybe this is them actually listening to their community for once and fixing some of those big errors, but they never did it in ARC. No, you're right. There was a lot of issues with ARC. Um, and I just, I don't have the, I don't have the end all be all solution to this. I don't want to sit here and pretend that I do, but there is clearly an issue with our current, with where we are currently with game development. Brian, we've got a, we've got two and a half pages worth of notes here and half the games on here are games that are in development. My intention is yep. not to come after games that are in development. Um, because they have to be in development, but there it is. I think you are opening yourself up to, uh, a, you are opening yourself up to a lot of problems with this open style of development. And we've seen it. We saw it with H one Z one. We've seen it with Miscreated. The community. Fallout we seventy six. Fallout seven. Well, <laughs> I mean, they they released a po halfway polished game, and now they're trying to put the features in it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they didn't do a full release, but I mean, we've seen it. We saw the same thing with Miscreated. We want base building. We want storage. We want this. So they put they put in some hodgepodge bullshit Steam library storage system 
and then this weird base building system. And the community said, we'll play it, we'll play it, we'll play it. There's 400 people playing it right now. That's the yeah. same number we were at before this whole update happened. Yep. So, I mean, that's just what, that's just what it is. And well, I mean, I think that we're starting to see a transition away from that. We've had many more games released this year in the past year than we have during that whole, what, three year period of when, when alpha was the new hot keyword. Yeah. Uh, when everything, there was no longer a beta, everything went from alpha to release. Mm -hmm. And so I think that, uh, I think now we're starting to see people appreciating a polished game. I mean, that's one reason that people, uh, you know, they like some of these games that we've seen released in the last couple of months because they're polished. I mean, black ops was pretty polished. It was very uh, polished. Apex was polished. Realm Royale was polished. And you know people played it, and so but before that, you never got games like that that were published anymore and actually playable day one. Everything was crashing, servers were overfilled, nothing worked right for the first week or two. Um, I mean, we saw it in PUBG as well, and I think that since then, people are expecting games to actually release at least within 24 hours of being put on the market. They're supposed to work. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, when you spend money on the game day one, it should work. I mean, that's, I don't think that's an, un now, we, you know, like Conan, Conan Exiles is an example. Their server host lied. They said that they were ready to handle the, their server host said they had the infrastructure. Uh, it wasn't Ping Perfect, it was somebody else. Said that, that's their current host, I believe. They said, hey, we have the infrastructure to host all these servers. They signed a contract with them and said, we've got, we will ha handle all these servers. Day one, the game came out. They didn't have the infrastructure in place to handle the service. So they had to literally pull their official service offline for like two and a half weeks until they could find a new host. Yeah. It was a disaster. But now, yeah, but mean, that's, but that was out of, that's not the developer's fault. Learned. But it's not the, de the developers signed a contract with a server host and company that lied. I mean, what do you do about that, yeah. Brian? I mean, all you can do is assume after the fact, yeah, but you that's, still have to deal with all the, the repercussions. Of yeah. It. So, but, but it's worked out for Conan. They've got a solid player base. Now people don't, people don't not play Conan exiles now because the official servers were down day one. And if they do, yeah. that's stupid because that's, a, that, that you, that's not your, the actual reason you're not interested in playing the game. But I'm just and sick of half finished plenty products. of options. Yeah. And people just don't want to see, well, the thing is we had so many products come out that never were continued developing. I mean, we see, we saw them release and then you'd go months before another update was put out. And I think that's what people really got tired of seeing. Uh, what, I mean, what was the, uh, there was a game that black, uh, no, not black, like there was a game that came out hurt world. What about was hurt it? world? Hurt world. Remember when that was released originally? Uh, and it was, I mean, it was playable, but there wasn't really that much to do. And they've kind of rebuilt that game and now finally have a playable game. Yeah, but people aren't willing to go back to it and give it a second chance because they view it still as that original Hurt World where there's nothing really to do. Miss Creed, it's got the same problem. Yep. So, all right. Um, let's see. We got to pick what where we go from here because we got 15 minutes. <laughs> I do want to read our Rust email at some point. We can do that right. Okay, let's let's go and do that right now. Okay, and then that way make sure because I want to I want to make sure we have time for that because I think that's perfect. So many, many weeks ago, I asked the community, I put a call to action out. I said, I need, I need to understand rust. We don't understand rust. We've tried to get into it and we've, we've failed. So 
this was this had this this put a real smile on my face. So uh, I want to thank uh, Dirty, who is is the user who submitted this to our website. Um, and I'm just going to go through and read his message now. It uh, it says, "Hello, serious Rust player, writing in as requested. I have just shy of 1,100 hours, and I'm actually in the process of editing together my first Rust series for my casual for for casual YouTube consumption." Uh, Dirty, please send us a link to that when that's published. He said, this story is why I love Rust. Last wipe day, I was roaming around gathering scrap per usual. My group, I'm in a trio, was offline. So I was soloing it. I got into an intense bow fight and eventually downed a guy. Before he bled out, we had a good little talk, and I agreed to return some of his gear because he just seemed genuinely nice. Little did I know this small act of kindness would lead to my best wipe ever. Turns out, he was my neighbor and was a part of a very active squad. Our non-aggressive pack turned into a full-blown alliance. Uh, what was once two separate bases turned into a massive compound, joined by high exterior stone walls. Our group of two became intertwined, uh, doing everything together. We started to absolutely dominate our area, and slowly our enemies fell. People started to recognize our names, for better or for worse, and we started to gain the attention of the biggest group in the server, about 15 members. As somebody who usually plays alone, this was pretty remarkable and quite awesome. I'm used to being the scavenger rat that cleans up leftover gear after a clan battles it out, but no more. This notoriety eventually led to half, my half, of our group being raided off the server due to our base looking slightly more juicy. My trio decided to call it good for the wipe. Uh, work obligations took over. But we are rebuilding today. It's wipe day with our new friends and we're seeking revenge. I own pretty much every notable survival game on the market. For me, Rust has ruined everything. I don't get nearly the enjoyment from any other games. I do casually play Apex, but usually only after we've been raided and I'm waiting for the next wipe day. If you want to try Rust but are afraid to... This is a tip to everybody, by the way. If you want to try Rust but are afraid of the, the tryhards, consider a low-pop community server with group limits. Start to learn the fundamentals and the basics of the game. I personally like to stay with the vanilla... Uh, with with vanilla gather limits, but there are servers with enhanced gather if you'd like to conserve time. I can tell you this, even at 1100 hours, I'm learning something new every day. The game is incredibly complex and it rewards those who do their homework and play smart. But at the end of the day, always assume that you'll be raided when you log off. Take your licking and learn from it for next time. I hope to see you on Rust Dirty. Uh, thank you for the note, I, I don't think you understand how much I appreciate it because we don't understand. I mean, it's just so tough to understand some of this stuff. And but what he's saying sounds so much like it, Just Survive, it, our experience in Just Survive to me. Well, and and I mean, maybe he's got a Brian, we probably need to take his advice. We don't need to. We, don't, we are going to take his device, we are, advice. We are going to find a low pop community server that already exists. We're not going to we're not going to reinvent the wheel and we'll just hop on there one weekend and we'll see what happens. Because yep. here is an example, and, and he's not the only person. There's 20,000 people playing this game. This is not the yep. only story, but this is the example of, um, I don't know what you'd call it, but just the the camaraderie and the 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 fun elements of survival gaming, which he described too. And banding together. I mean, that like his the passion that I could hear in his voice talking about that. That's what we were doing in Just Survive. Yeah, we would just so find we small all... groups, and then the next thing you know, those three guys are now part of our clan. Yeah, that and that's exactly. I mean, look at Barbie. Barbie was supposed to infiltrate us. Yes, didn't work out. You know, and then she's <laughs> like, "Hey, I like these guys. These guys are nice." And then she ended up playing with us. She's still in our Discord today. 
You know what I'm saying? Like so, still screaming it, over uh, <laughs> or whatever video <laughs> games we're playing. Yeah. So I I think that that is and, and Donnie brings it up. He says that's it's tribalism in gaming, and I think that that is what makes a game fun. Well, we had that tribalism in, in in Just Survive that I think we've struggled to find in other games. We did find it for a while in Ark, and that's when we enjoyed Ark. Well, we were hoping that Atlas would be that based on its uh launch and its concepts we were like holy shit this is it this is the group centric game but it just never took off uh it's not that it never took off it never took off in the way that we had we'd hoped it turned out to be these much larger mega groups very similar to what arc turned into with these mega tribes and mega groups kind of running the whole show um yeah so I mean, here it is. So if you if you are somebody that owns Rust, like I'm sure a lot of people do, and you want to give it a try, hopping on a public server, according to our friend Dirty here, again, has 1,100 hours in the game, so his word is worth something. Try a low pop, consider a low pop community server, this is the key, with group limits. So you won't have a 30-player clan. You know, you have to pick and choose who you want to actually be in your group. And inactive players can't just sit in your group list. You know, you, yeah. you, you need to have active players. Um, so yeah, I appreciate the note. Um, if you are, if, if, if you're listening to this program and you're also a rust player and you've got either the same, a similar experience or a different experience, I'd love to hear from you. I know, I mean, I'm sure this guy put, you know, probably 15, 10, 15 minutes into this email, writing it all up for us, which, which we appreciate. But if, if you've got the time, I'd love to hear uh, your thoughts on it. Because, again, it's a game we always talk about, but it's, it's so hard to get into. Yep. And I think that if we were to, the thing is, like he's saying, if we were to break through that initial hump of learning the game and and figuring out all the mechanics to where we didn't feel like we we're fighting against it, because that's what we've always felt. We're fighting against just crazy other players that are in there constantly just killing us every 10 seconds where you never get a foothold. Uh, I think it has a big uh, curve to getting started on it, but you know, it, it, from everyone that's played it seriously, they just talk about how rewarding it is. Fat Broken Ugly so, says, "I met one of my best friends shooting him in the head in Rust." <laughs> I mean, there you yep. go. That's what makes video gaming so great. Um, so, yep. very cool story there, Dirty. Thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, any other game? I mean, if you are a hardcore. Um, a miscreated player. I think that'd be a great, if you're the, if you're an all-in miscreated player. I'd love to hear from you as well. Anybody that's that's super into one of these games and we've got it wrong, let us know because it's hard to be an expert on uh, two and a half Word doc, uh, <laughs> two and a half pages of Word doc games, which is uh, yep. kind of what we are. So thank you very much. I appreciate it. it means a lot. All right. Um... So there's actually a video here. Let me. Uh, so there's there's a game that we're, we were talking a little bit about blockchain. I remember I was saying like, how are they going to incorporate blockchain yes. into a game? Uh, here's actually a video, uh, and it has talking. It's. But here's a game that has actually integrated blockchain. Do you want to play the whole the thing? Game. Yeah, go ahead and play the whole thing. All right, it's about five minutes. Let me get this pulled up here. If there's a point where we can cut it off, okay. I'll, I'll say to cut it off. But. Hey there, Simon here from Engine, here to go through an incredible development that's been created using the Unity SDK within one week of it launching. So this is live on Testnet. It's a perfect way for developers to start building, start integrating, start creating 
uh, without it costing any engine coin. Uh, obviously, once everything goes to mainnet, that's when the items become tradable, and that's when it starts to uh, require engine coin to put inside these items. And as we all know, blockchain economies run alongside the real world economy, so that's what makes these items valuable and useful and powerful. Now a big part of the setup is linking your blockchain address to your game. That's what gives the game the ability to see your inventory, know that it's yours, make changes to your inventory and send you new items. It's what makes the gaming experience intuitive. And there we have it, blockchain mode is enabled which means this game and the blockchain address attached to it are now talking to each other fluidly. Now I love the look of this game, I love RPGs, I can tell I'm going to play it a lot. Now this scary skeleton character has just jumped in front of us. We're going to kill him and we're going to take all of his stuff. And let's have a look at that. Uh, this sword, it looks awesome. It's called the Epic Sword apparently. And now uh, watch this. We're going to refresh the wallet and we're actually going to watch the Epic Sword land into our blockchain address. Hmm. Now this in itself is incredible. For a game developer to be able to integrate blockchain this seamlessly within a few days, it's never been possible before. But let's crank it up a notch. Next, we're going to grab an item and take it to a spellcaster and enchant it. And this is actually incredible because it means that you can level up the item, make it more valuable, make it more useful, powerful. And you know, this kind of concept, because it's on the blockchain, uh, it can actually go between games. Now, as you saw before, it was called the Epic Sword. And now let's refresh. And, th and there we have it. It's now the Epic Sword plus one. Our actions in the game has affected the reality on the blockchain. And this item is now more useful, more powerful, more valuable. And this is an item that I can own forever, I can trade, I can make a profit from. So we're just one step away from my actions in the game affecting my real life. But let's take it one step further and have a look at how this talented developer is actually implementing crafting into this whole process. So we're just going to grab this gold sack here and it's going to give us the legendary essence. So of course this is a crafting material, we'll take that to a crafter and um, convert that into something special. Uh, first let's just uh, double check the wallet, make sure it's landed in there. And of course, there it is! Right next to the epic sword plus one that we enchanted before. Protected safely within the impenetrable uh, engine blockchain wallet. Now as you can see, uh, there's also a bunch of other items that have not been linked to the blockchain as of yet. Uh, this actually speaks to the incredible flexibility of the engine platform. If a game developer just wants to start off by integrating one item, they can. If they want to integrate all of their items and create a whole blockchain based economy, they can. It's completely up to them based on their gameplay and what's going to create the best outcomes based on their specific circumstances. Now I know for a fact that this developer in particular is going to take it to a whole other level. He's told me some of um, the things that he has planned and they are absolutely mind-blowing. Um, he already has 64 square kilometers of gameplay mapped out. But what really made the hairs on the back of my neck stand up was his description of, of what he plans to do uh, with this blockchain integration. Uh, it's literally something that is not possible without blockchain. It's gonna blow your mind. So as you can see here, we've, we've pressed the button uh, the legendary essence should be disappearing from our inventory and our blockchain wallet and it will be replaced with uh, the new item that we're creating. And it's also worth noting that this item is decentralized, which means that other games can choose to support it, which means that I play this game, I win this item, I can take it into other worlds, I can use it there, it's incredible. And there we have it. We've got the fire infused staff. And the legendary essence is gone. 
And all of this has been achieved within one week of the Unity SDK being launched. That just blows my mind. There's no telling how many other talented game developers are using these tools right now. Uh, but what we do know is that the first ones to go to market are going to have the competitive edge. And I believe we're seeing dynasties in the making right now. All right. Um, there you go. So, uh, I mean, just to kind of explain what people were seeing, it, it, this would allow for, because it's kind of like what we've seen. Let's look at Miscreated, because Miscreated is doing not a blockchain version of this, but with their being able to deposit items into the Steam inventory. Yeah. You know, they have the kiosk system where you can take an item, you upload it to Steam, then it allows you to maybe take those items into another server by downloading them from Steam again. That is actually a similar version to what this is, but what this would really be is a non-single-platform-dependent uh, version of this uh, because you would, you would have a blockchain inventory, I guess you could say, uh, that counts across all the servers. So, every, so the servers would really come down to one economy. Uh, and, and your items would transfer from, would be available to you from server to server. And the, they would be using this blockchain to be able to have that master inventory list. And from game to game that you have, you can and from have game to game that they could then, they could be in charge of, okay, how do you get items into this block, into the, the blockchain? Yeah. Uh, and, and have a little bit of, of protection against people trying to dupe and things like that or falsely put information into you know what of what's supposed to be in there just similar to what you see with bitcoin i mean people can't just create bitcoin out of thin air or say now there is one downside and bitcoin has this exact same problem whoever has the most nodes on the network can actually send false information and this is something that has happened to bitcoin networks uh, is that uh, people that are trying to trick the system are able to get the magic one. It's like 51% of control of being the 51% of the computers. Yeah. And they're able to put a false transaction into there. Uh, you know, with really small games, this would be a concern is, you know, let's say you have a hundred people. Well, it's not that hard to be, to maybe throw up 51 false ones. If you think there's a real economy there, but for major games, or if they have a way that, they can kind of control it, uh, that would be very difficult to do. And so this, uh, th there are downsides. This is not a foolproof, foolproof system, but uh, it, it will be interesting to see, like with that game, uh, you know, what kind of things can they think up? Will this change how the whole economy of, especially with all these different launchers and maybe different systems of some games are being played online, uh, allowing you to have kind of a master inventory between them that isn't tied to a specific platform or to a specific company. Uh, it's kind of weird to think about right now because you always figure, well, a certain game company is controlling all this. Well, let's say uh, there's modded servers that don't want to have anything to do with the original company. Are you trusting the server owner of that particular server <laughs> to be in charge of your inventory? I mean, if they're really worth a lot of money, do you trust them? I mean, there are those questions that this would be somewhat of an answer to, but it's not a foolproof system. So I think that people still need to be careful. Don't throw a bunch of money into inventory items 
because you think that it's foolproof and you know they're, they're, you're not possibly going to lose that money now. Uh, that's not how it works. Transfer your Steam so library a, into Bitcoin or into a crypto uh, crypto cryptocurrency in, crypto inventory. I'm going to sell, sell my house to buy a cryptocurrency because it can't go wrong. No, right? sell your house to buy in-game items on this ga game built oh, yes. on Unity. It sounds like a perfect idea. So, anyway, so that's the first one. The first uh, games that are actually really that's neat using the blockchain technology because we had mentioned that a week or two ago, uh, or, or last week actually. We mentioned that Unity had opened their had released the API to be able to do this, and that's the first game that I saw that actually was using it. Yeah. So, all right, is there anything else? Oh, um, man, there's so much. Yeah, covered. we didn't we didn't get to any of it. We spent too much time on Google and Apple. So. Okay, because there was there's one thing I wanted to cover, but we will have to do it next week, and hopefully not a bunch of crazy news comes out next week. Why? What are, we, what, happening. Are, what are we need to cover? Um, well, that thing we don't need to cover. Um, it's just it would be a conversation all of its own, and I don't want to go down that rabble trail right now with two minutes. Okay, uh, perfect. So let's mention the things that if people want to go check out our show notes on the website, they can go check out yeah, just, Fallout seventy six. Okay, yeah. Huh. I was just going to say, let's just, just read through a bunch of, just read through all the titles, I guess. Uh, so Fallout 76 put out an update. They have their Wild Appalachia, uh, which actually changes. They have a PVP mode in there now, which is closer to a BR as far as the mechanics. They actually changed it to where it's, it's specifically a PVP mode. So that's in the new uh, Fallout 76. So perhaps if you haven't opened that up for a while, uh, run the update on it and give it a try. I think that came out today. Um, let's see, Bethesda actually released, okay, so one thing Bethesda to put out a notice saying, hey, we're pleased to announce that Rage 2, Wolfenstein Youngblood, Wolfenstein, Cyberpilot, and Doom Eternal will be released on Steam and their launcher, so of course they got to put that in there, they'll also be bringing Fallout 76 to Steam later this year, um, Wow. And today, in celebration of something, they're giving away a free copy of a game. So we have that in our Discord. If you want, to, people want to jump in there. Oh, nice! And I guess that's a, being a shill for the Discord. But I'll put it in the deal section. Uh, I think it's through the weekend. So for a couple more days, uh, there's a free game that you can get uh, through the Bethesda launch. Why is Survival Shield X2 in our deals channel? Oh, I just I figured you'd appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There's no, it's not a leak. So I figured okay. that'd be good. All right. <laughs> um, they have uh, Dead by Daylight. Dead by Daylight came out with a new update, 2.6 yep, today. Did, they, uh, they, re, they reworked the matchmaking. There was an issue with the last matchmaking patch, and they've fixed some other issues. So, And I think they reverted them. a few things, too, to they be did. like the old system, because I think people didn't like how some of the things were. Yeah, coming to Switch um, uh, here in the summer. Um, Apex, they did put out an announcement talking about some of the crashes and things that they've actually changed for reporting so they can track down crashes more easily. And they, there's a post that we'll have in our notes that kind of explains uh, in layman's terms how, how that works. Uh, they're also doing hardware bans, which is one thing that they've been doing. Uh, so all of their bans aren't just temporary bans, they're hardware bans. Um, let's see. Fortnite came out with a new update. 8.11 uh moons of madness you didn't bring up uh overwatch has a new update that they put out they actually have a new character as well oh. so um there's a support character in there if you want to check it out uh sea of thieves came out with an update this past week uh call of duty black ops 4 
came out with an update this past week. Realm Royale came out with an update this past week. Outlaws was a game that uh, re- recently released here in the last two weeks, and they put out five updates, I think. So I have those listed in there. Atlas has been putting out updates, but we're still, I think, waiting on that big release. We are. I mean, everything's got kind of small patches up until that big release. Black Death put out a hot fix this week. Zira, he put out an update after this last playtest. Um, 0.2.8. Uh, ROE put out four updates this past week, and one of them was actually a pretty big update. New characters, new guns, a uh, fairly big update. Um, Arc put out a small update this week. We Happy Few put out a pretty big, big update, actually, and they're putting out some new game modes. So kind of the original survival mode that their early their alpha was, where it was just kind of a, you could run around and do stuff. They put out a, a version like that, and then they put out another arcade style version. Um, Hurt World put out an update this past week. Black Wake put out an update this past week. PUBG, uh, one thing they're starting to do is to, they're putting expiration dates on their gift codes now. Mm. Um, that's something that they weren't doing before. Those codes lasted forever. They're now putting expiration dates on them so that they don't sit out there forever and then someone, you know, they actually can keep an inventory of what's what's out there. Yeah. Uh, I don't like They that had their, way. yeah, well, I mean, it's easier for them if they're trying to balance their economy of yeah. what it is. I don't I don't think they should make economies on skins. Uh, they're celebrating their second year. And there's also a video, but it is all in Korean. So we will skip that for now. Oh, really? You're going to tr- you don't want to translate that one live. I could read the whole thing. It is. But the <laughs> whole thing is in Korean. It is the, the CEO speaking in Korean, the whole thing. So I will. I'll skip that for now. All right. Uh, they had their update 27 on the test server, but hopefully next week they'll release that. We it, it'll be good that we skipped it because I always hate that we then are having to figure out if there's something different they did in the, the actual live test. But they did put out update 27 for their test server, uh, and then we we can talk about the band thing next week since that's not specific time. And then I have a couple of games in there that we'll bring up in future. Uh, just kind of games I'm watching. That are going to be releasing here soon and one of them is in um, development one of them is i'm just gonna mention the name of it, jaws of extinction which our friend uh gadlaw tweeted at us a couple weeks ago um so if there is a, and that's the one that i have some opinions on that i want to dive deep into if we don't have crazy news next yeah week. so um i didn't actually know that uh so but my point was to bring that up was if you see a game that is out there don't assume that we're no, that we know about it let us shoot us a tweet ping brian or i a private message in discord whatever Get in touch with us. Let us know. Send us a link because uh, Gadlaw tweeted us this like two weeks ago and we've it's been rolling in the notes, but we just haven't had a chance to get to it. But we will. So uh, if you, you know, don't assume that don't assume that we know. Yeah. Uh, and so that's and that's that's probably going to be like a 10, 15 minute discussion of something about that game that I want to discuss. But I don't want to go. We can't discuss it right now because I, well, I just don't even want to bring it up. So I do. We'll want, get to that next, hopefully next week. I want to thank our friend uh, Big Woody Sauce for rating us. We've never been rated before on the show with uh, with his viewers. Thank you very much, Ross. We appreciate it. Um, so thank you, uh, thank you for that. All right, Brian. Um, Apex Legends is our game of the week. I will be out of town. You will probably be out of town. Um, uh, well, I think I'm taking my wife on a date to celebrate. Well, I was just going to try to give you some cover, but it's fine if you'd like to say. Well, last choosing... week I was playing it during Game of the Week, and she wasn't very happy with me that well, I was playing Game of the Week on her anniversary. Well, it sucks to be her. I mean, it's a Game of the Week. She, she didn't tell me when she was coming home. That's well, her fault. Exactly. Right? And then that I was, work with her, and I was left alone with Joe getting coffee every five minutes 
playing Conan. <laughs> listening to like random things explode in the background. Who knows what was yeah. happening? But I, yeah. I would like to say for the record, I was there. Yes, Nick was there. <laughs> so, so I'll be taking her out. She doesn't know, but I'll be taking her out. I'm gonna tell her. You can't. I guess you can. <laughs> I got to tell her at some point to make sure she's home from work in time. Oh, jeez. All right. Um, we're off the rails here. Uh, again, I do want to thank um, Chris over at the H1Z1 Fan Remake for uh, pinging his group and letting them know that we were going to be chatting about his game tonight. We appreciate it, and um, we'll bring him up to date. Uh, we'll bring you guys up to date on that. And then again, our friend, uh, our friend Dirty, for coming with the uh, with the Rust note. We do appreciate that. Um, thank you. Okay. Um, let's see. Before one more quick thing before we do current players. Um, Oh, now this has failed me. Um, I want to thank uh, Saul Greatman, Johnny Find, and Judd all for hitting us with the uh, resubscriptions here on Twitch. So thanks for that, guys. Appreciate it. Yep. Thank you, guys. All right. So I guess that's all the news. Um, and if that is the case, then it's time for everybody's favorite segment on the show. Favorite. Part of the current players where we talk about games and who is currently playing them arc survival evolved currently playing 25,661 your 24 hour peak 39,209 with a 70 peak of 52,236 moving on over to rust which has got more players than arc right now 29,847 people currently playing that the 24 hour peak 45,037 that's significantly higher than arcs and the 70 peak, 64,502. Really solid numbers over there. Let's talk about Miscreated real quick. Currently playing 393 players. The 24-hour peak, 648, with a 7-day peak of 924. How about PUBG? Currently playing 114,708. Your 24-hour peak, 766,534, with a 7-day peak of 889,844. And finally, as we await their patch, that's why these numbers are a little low, Atlas currently playing 1,766. Your 24-hour peak is 2,131 with a 70 peak of 3,046. And that is uh, those are your current players. Those are the games and uh, the people that are currently playing them. I was blown away. We haven't looked at Rust's numbers in probably yep. four weeks. Maybe longer than that. I don't. It's all the time is irrelevant. I don't know how long anything ago was, but it's been a while since we've looked at it. And I, I mean, those are very respectable numbers that they're pulling yep. in. I mean, they are well within. They, they've always been very consistent. I mean, there's people. People love that game. It's one of our more consistent games over the past however many years. I mean, them, playing it all the time. Them and Ark are well within the top. Are always within the top fifteen being the the top fifteen games currently being played on Steam. The both of those games are just always up there. It's pretty incredible, and PUBG, yep. PUBG is too, of course. But in terms of survival games, and PUBG has a lot of swing though to it. Of it course, does. As far as but it's, I mean, it's still got one hundred twenty thousand. Still consistent people though. Even even the American audience is. Yeah, still it's it's always one hundred and twenty, one hundred and forty, one hundred and ten thousand people during this show. It's always the same. Yep. So there you go. Very good. All right, we ready to go into tip of the week? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I was reading Ross's okay. note in the chat. <laughs> Tip of the week's where we go through, and either I'll give a general gaming tip or one for a specific game. And this one is going to be on, well, it's it's on GTA. We'll say it that way. So this is tip of the week. 
All right. Well, right now, role playing in GTA seems to be a, a pretty hot thing. And perhaps, you know, watching some of these streamers play, you figure you want to get involved. And so one thing that you'll need to do most likely is install a mod called 5M. Yes. It's a, sorry. It's it's not exactly a Your role Western playing. survivalist, Nick. Is, oh, yeah, this is my role playing a, a cowboy. Thank you. Uh, one thing you'll need to do first is to find a community that has an opening on their server because uh, a lot of these are these communities are fairly strict and you'll have to actually apply to the server and, and then be whitelisted to be able to join it because i mean you've played enough online games you know that if you go through and let everybody play you'll just get a bunch of trolls so what they do is actually are very careful about who joins these servers uh once you get on there though you'll need to you need to go on and have a certain number of mods uh one one thing 5m does is actually will automatically start downloading those mods that are required by that server and so if you install the 5m software uh it will download them and then you should be good to go for that uh but you will need to look over the server rules make sure uh that you're following whatever because they'll have pretty specific rules role playing is is very much uh a, a very many rules in it as far as what you're supposed to do how you're supposed to act what you're supposed to say and not say you're supposed to be uh talking as the character not talking out of turn a lot of things going on uh yes actual role playing and they're very strict about it because it only takes one person not doing it right uh to kind of mess it up for everyone else and so but one thing also a lot of people they've been interested in hosting their own servers and doing that uh, i think you'll find that out of the box uh it doesn't it doesn't have everything that you would think it does take amount of a certain amount of custom coding possibly configuring of mods to get something working like what you expect GTA to be. Uh, a lot of the features are turned off and then you kind of add and build your experience from there. So I do know we have some people in our community that are doing uh, doing some programming for that, interested in it. You know, you guys could always could work together, but uh, if you are looking at doing it, it, it does have its own set of programming. It is somewhat difficult. So maybe maybe you should jump in, play for a little while, and then figure out if you want to try your own community first. So, but that yeah, check it out. Five M, I think it's five M. The letter so the number five M dash net or dot net. Uh, actually no, it's five M spelled out f i v e m dot net, and that's the software that you would need. Uh, and it will uh, it'll be what most role playing. I don't know that there's anything else that would people would be using to do it, but that's pretty much what all the role players are using. So. Check it out. That's tip of the week. You do need to own GTA Five, by the way. This is not. You do need to. Yeah, it, it just doesn't give you a free GTA Five, so <laughs> you need to make sure you have that. Yeah. Um, and PH is saying that it is very hard to get into a lot of the servers. No, I think he's talking about oh uh, G mods Harry Potter RP, which we did have a fun time yeah, playing you know, one time. You were all in. Um, yeah. I'll I tell tried. you this on Gary's mod. I did for a period of time. I did, I mean, it technically was considered role playing, but like. I don't, it wasn't that serious was uh it was called i think it was called perp p-e-r-p is what yeah. it was called and there were just roles like firefighter and ambulance people would get killed and you'd have to just go pick them up it wasn't like it wasn't that hardcore but i guess yeah. I, I, all, everybody's into the g all the big streamers were doing this last week and gta would have like a half a million viewers live on twitch something like that well there was a guy there's a guy who i who does uh calls to scammers oh kit cat boga cat boga yeah Kit boga or whatever yeah so I, I've actually watched him for a while. And so I watched him on, on just on Twitch in general. And then he's just started streaming as that old lady character. Oh, hey Edna. there. 
So he does because it's got the voice changer and everything. Yeah. So he he started role playing. So I caught like his first <laughs> ones that he was doing of that. And he's been role playing and he goes through and he says, I'm gonna get justice. And he's walking around, he like he's just playing he's, as her perfectly. Yes, for, for people that don't know, this guy um calls calls scammers back as an old lady and has like virtual machines running and he allows them to log into it and he just ha- he screws around with them and he's made talks that- about his gra- her gra- her grandson he just like just strings them along for like an hour yeah he pretty wasting much wasting their time and he's turned it into his full-time job because he streams all the time i guess yeah. so it's got to be his full-time job well and now i mean he's making a lot of money off of this gta role-playing too so he does that during the day and then at night he'll do gta and he's got tons of people like he's one of the probably one of the better role players because that's what he his, does. His character is convincing yet funny the whole time. Yeah. Uh, and so he does a really good job. It's, it's, is it Cat Boga or Kit Boga? I think it's I Kit, look Boga. Kit, Kit Boga. Kit Boga. K-I-T-B-O-G-A. Look him up. He's a part of the Prune Gang. As, as, that is they're the, all old. That, okay. I, we have to go. After you just said that, I can't, <laughs> I can't be associated with you and this program. Actually, do the game giveaway first. All right. So let's go ahead and uh, we will... <laughs> That was the cringiest thing you've ever said on this program. That's what it is. That's what they call it. I understand. I understand what they call it, but I'm just saying it was very cringy the way you're like, prune gang. (laughs) They're part of the prune gang. So they they go around, prune gang. I'm going to kill somebody. (laughs) All right. So congratulations, Fat, Broken, Ugly. Jesus. Uh, You have won a copy of Atlas. So I will send you a Steam key and... uh, Hopefully next week we'll be a part of the prune gang too. We can get some RP in. Okay, stop, yeah. stop, stop saying that. You're you're, you're triggering for me. life. Okay, shut. <laughs> All right. Get, if you want to find me at Boise Computer Christ. on Twitter, um, hashtag prune gang, and yeah. also uh, go to, go to my website bitefact.com. Make sure you go check out our website infectionpodcast.com. And on there on the upper right, join our Discord server. It's a great place to submit news. Uh, we have different things we talk about throughout the week. If you want to join us for some games that we'll be playing. Also, we have our show notes. We had a lot of things that had notes on there. Maybe there's a game that you'd like to follow. Uh, we'll have links to all those updates in our show notes and all our different audio formats. Normally, next week, we'll try to get the uh, Steam notification actually pop up. And uh, we'll, we'll get on there like five minutes earlier and it'll be okay. So, What happened to what Mango Gang, Brian, you scumbag? You're cheating I would rather on the- do Mango Gang. It has the same <laughs> effect on you. Cheating, cheating on the, the mangoes with the prunes. Uh, I, I don't like prunes. I'll, I'll stick with the mangoes. So you're going to start your own group. Delicious. I need to go Thursday and pick up another bag. All right. (laughs) Thanks, Brian, as always. We'll we'll see you next week. (laughs) Yep. See ya. Oh, boy. We are way off the deep end. Well, um, my name is Nick Craig. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at Nicholas M. Craig. Of course, you can visit our website. It is infectionpodcast.com. Go check out our show notes. We missed a lot of news. I got it. Uh, Apex, our game of the week. Of course, missed any portion of the show. You can check out our website. It's infectionpodcast.com. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Have a great week. We'll see you next time.